Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode is called The Real Deal, as later in the show we'll be having our impressions of Rusty's Real Deal Baseball for the 3DS eShop. But before we get to that, we have other things. Big news has happened these last couple weeks, including the Smash Bros. Direct, the Tomodachi Life Direct, some Mario Golf info, some third-party news, and we're going to have all of it, uh, March sales numbers, and we're going to have all of it throughout the episode. So as always, if you go to RamTunnel.com and go to this episode, blog posts, you can find timestamps to exactly what you want to listen for or listen to. Uh, otherwise, sit back and enjoy the ride of wild emotions and That you were making a pun with four because of Mario Golf. Oh, no, that would have been good, though. Oh, well. So I guess we'll start. <laughs> so, well, well I... Yeah. So let's start with news. After I made that weird sound. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you noticed, but we basically had, like, a bit of a news rush from Nintendo these last... Like, Usually how it goes, we get nothing. And then a lot. But what's different... Sorry. You were going to say something? Oh. Oh. Because <laughs> you're crazy. You, you're welcome. But no, what's different this time, though, is, like, there's, like, a week-long period, starting with Mario Kart 8, which we talked about last episode, where Nintendo just, like, it was, like, Mario Kart 8, then Smash Bros, yeah, like, then Tomodachi Life. Yeah, it's basically Nintendo took what would normally be a Nintendo Direct's worth of information and spread it into three separate Nintendo had things. Yeah, you could say that, sure. And they they, they just kind of like, instead of just doing shallow information about everything, they did three key things and they did like deep dives into each on separate days, which I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of this. I think Nintendo Direct's is, as like catch-all things are probably going to decrease and this will be the new way of doing it. I mean, it makes sense. Just game-specific, basically? Just game-specific stuff, because it makes sense. They were able to dominate the video game news cycle and some general like pop culture news cycles multiple days instead of trying to cram it all in one. That means people are talking about on social media multiple days. Smash Bros. and odds-related stuff was trending one day on Twitter, Mario Kart another day. If they were on the same time, one of them probably wouldn't have been trending. So by, bra- by branching it out, they're able to really... That's a good point. And they didn't even have to make Nintendo Direct of all of them. I mean, like we saw yeah. Mario Kart. Mario Kart was just, was just info. Yeah, just all the... What was it? The... Uh, online. Or no. The tracks and the items and the... That's yeah, pretty much all the news sites is going like, oh, oh the, yeah. the embargo was lifted for all their... Well, yeah, and it made mainstream news too. Yahoo yeah. had a story about it. Entertainment Weekly had a story about it. Uh, it made Same with Smash Bros. At Midnight, the Kanye Central show hosted by that uh, the guy that runs Nerdist, Chris Hardwick. It's like a midnight show they do on Kanye Central, hence the name At Midnight. They did a whole bit about Smash Bros. and talked about how, like, there's new characters that were unveiled and everything. That was on television the night it was announced. That's crazy. And it's not like a... It's not like a new... A video game news show. It's like an internet culture show. So I, I thought that was kind of crazy. But yeah, so now here we are. And we're going to try and combine two out of three things that Nintendo felt deserved their own days into one single entity. So let's see how this goes. Uh, the biggest one, of course, was the Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS Direct. Which, uh, I'll put it this way. If you ever... If you ever thought that there wasn't enough information being trickled out on Miiverse by Sirius and Masahiro Sakurai, here you go. 40 solid minutes of Smash Bros. details. And obviously we're not going to go into all the nitty gritty about every new attack for every character and every item and every reference that popped up. But there are some major things that were discussed. Yeah, because I mean, most of that stuff, I mean, like, well, yeah, like, we'll discuss some things. Some things are just better. I mean, if you yeah. don't want to know everything, it's still better to just discover on your own. Exactly. Like, we're not going to run through all the names of the vil- Animal Crossing villagers' attacks, we're which not, they did talk about. We're not, uh, or all of Mega Man's attacks. Like, yeah. Instead, we're going to gonna talk about how we're not going to talk about it. We're going to list everything we won't <laughs> be talking about. But no, uh, probably the biggest, single biggest thing in terms of just, like, news that came out of it, because everything else was how gameplay works and mechanics, but the biggest, like, thing was the release window was confirmed and it's that uh 
The Wii U and 3DS versions are actually going to be released separately, not simultaneously. So we'll be getting the 3DS version this summer and the Wii U version this winter. That was surprising. A little, but from, I, I mean, I a little, yeah, because originally they tried, they pitched it as like it's the same game on two systems. They'll talk to each other, but it sounded like it was going to be a dual release. Business wise, I think it actually makes sense. I mean. There's a lot of people, myself included, who was who were only going to get one version if they came out on the same day. I think you were in the same boat, probably. No, oh, yeah. I mean, Unless there were significant differences, which turns out there kind of are. But especially for handheld slash console games that are, yeah, like, yeah, I think it makes way more sense to release them separately. I mean, just yeah. look at all the because now we're all double dipping. Yeah, like everyone that I know that has any interest in Smash Bros. is like, well, now I have to buy both. Because I can't wait six months after one comes out to get the other. Like, no. Yeah, like I mean, like I don't have a Vita, but like when I. The Vita versions of like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and Mortal Kombat or all the fighting games came out way after the console version. Yeah. And like, just seeing them out there, like I would think to myself, like, well, I had a Vita. I probably would end up buying them just because I already had my fill of the console version. I kind of just feel like playing them like, right. on the portable. Yeah. I kind of wish it was inverted because I feel like I would play... I feel like they're not inverting it almost on purpose. No, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying obviously because I feel like... Yeah, it's like, what's one, obvious? What part? Well, I feel... Well, kind of... Kind of how they play like the console one needs more work. Yeah, I think, I wonder if it's that versus because the console one looks pretty far along. Like if you look at the footage, I'm wondering if it's more the 3DS has a bigger user base, so they can almost sell the game to all the, like they can almost pitch the Wii U version to all these 3DS owners by going, "Hey guys, remember that Smash Bros. you've been playing for six months? Check out this HD one with all sorts of other features." Like they can transition people into the Wii U. The Wii U has a smaller install base. So if they go, "Hey Wii U owners, you can join the 30 other million 3DS owners." Or do you think? Many people have the 3DS version will let them say, like, well, this is a fully featured game. It has all the same characters. Why do I need an upgrade? No, because I'm pretty sure they're good. I don't want to pay for I'm a $450 sure. game. Oh, uh, well, presumably by then, Nintendo's hoping everyone will be like, oh, but Mario Kart's there, and Mario 3D World, and, like, they'll have a robust lineup, I think they're hoping. But, um, no, I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it's more handheld to console, because they're not... How many people go, oh, I love this game on my handheld, I don't need anything improved ever? Like, it's like it's kind of like going uh, from a normal movie theater to IMAX. Like, for some experiences, you want IMAX. That's the thing that kind of sucks. Like, I kind of... Well, I'm not going to say, like, I, I didn't want to buy the handheld version. I just... You're going to go console. Yeah, I just would have preferred not to have to buy it. Yeah. Just because yeah. it's like, now... I mean, obviously, I'm not being forced to, but it's like, I'm not going to no, not play Smash Brothers, like, for, like, three, four exactly. months. Exactly. You're why out. this is a good business decision, and me. I mean, I'm, like, I'm just going to not sit there and like, oh, everyone else is playing Smash Brothers. I'm just sitting here waiting for the console one, like... Yeah, that's the exact same I mean, even if, I like, mean. I don't know, I'm not really... I don't know, I've been playing Mario Kart on the 3DS lately, and just, mm-hmm. just like, feeling the controller. I'm like, really? oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like it for playing Smash Brothers, but oh, who yeah, knows? Yeah. yeah, I will say, though, who that... Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat, and I think that's why it's a smart business move, because there's so many people like, I want the console one, but I'm not not going to play it if it's not, you know, while everyone else does. Oh, but then again, I don't have an XL. It could feel a lot different. So. Yeah, well, you could try mine once I have it, but, um, and see what you think. But I, I do think, though, I suspect that... Hopefully they make a 3DS XL. special edition. Yeah, with that, that, with that, with that Smash Brothers logo. Oh, that'd be cool. Man, I would, I would, that would be my XL to buy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, I suspect that whenever, whatever they make, whenever they do it, I'm guessing when they say summer for the 3DS one, they mean August. That's the like last the, day of summer. No, the last day of September. But sometimes September. But the thing with August, the last day of like summer in terms of school versus not school. Sure, that's August. But would have been nice if it was before the whole convention season. No, it's not going to be. 
Well, yeah. Tomodachi Life coming out in June nice. basically confirms it won't be. Oh. Because that's their summer. Yeah, like, like their yeah, summer yeah, game. But no, what they do yeah, is... Mario Kart. Yeah, what they tend to do is they release, like, the, the start of their fall lineup is that one game in mid to late August, like the third week of August. Like, Mario, New Super Mario Bros. 2 a couple years ago was that one game that, like, kicked off their fall season. I'm pretty sure Smash Bros. will be out for 3DS, and then I bet you the third week of November, that Magic Weekend Nintendo always releases their high-profile game and always releases their consoles. Like, the 18th to the 21st, that is when the Wii U version will come out, assuming it doesn't get delayed. Wait, um, That's my guess. It's basically what they did with Mario Bros. 2 and then Mario Bros. U yeah. two years ago. Like, the exact same pattern. Oh, this is not totally irrelevant. Wonderful 101, was that treated with, um... With its release window treated with like other Nintendo games in mind, like Nintendo took into account, like, oh, okay, it's going to be released this day, so we're not going to release any games around yeah. that month. Yeah, uh, Pikmin came out August 4th, Wonderful 101 came out September 15th, September 15th, September 15th, remember yeah. that direct? And then there was Wind Waker in November, so they gave it its own month, just like they gave everything else. What about, do you think Bayonetta would get the same thing? Because it's supposed to come out this year, right? Yeah, my hunch is October or December. Maybe September, probably October or December. Oh, October would make sense, she's a witch. Oh, they could do a Halloween tie-in, yeah. That'd be smart. Why not? Yeah, but in the meantime, what we do know is no. Smash Bros. is coming out at some point in that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're yeah. just figuring. Like, oh, if Bayonetta comes out Keep in mind, handheld and console. Definitely... Handheld and console, Nintendo doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll release stuff at the same time on both. Oh, yes. no, no. They yeah, do it personally. Yeah. Not going to just because I mean, yeah. obviously, I guess it's safe to say Smash Bros. would maybe come out after Bayonetta. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, Not necessarily. I mean, they've done stuff like release Mario 3D World, or Mario 3D Land and then Mario Kart. Three weeks apart oh, with land first. The infamous three-week gap that they had that one time. They do oh. it all the time, That's even ridiculous. on the DS. They had like three games back to back, didn't they? Yeah, even on even on the DS back in the day, they did oh, Mario Kart. Had both consoles though. Yeah. yeah, but they did Mario Kart on uh, DS on like November eighteenth, and then December third, they had Animal Crossing Wild World. They like doing that stacked three-week period during the holidays. But but in terms of Smash Bros. So the 3DS version is coming first, which means we know a bit, which means we know a bit more about the 3DS version compared to the Wii U version. So uh, one thing we know, and this is like the, the most technical, probably again, our discussion, is that the game will be at 60 frames per second in 3D, with a catch. Characters are in 3D. Most of this, I mean, characters are 60 frames. Most of the stuff is 60 frames. Items and assist trophies yeah. will sometimes dip to 30, just so it can keep running smooth. And quite frankly. The fact that Nintendo said this up front, like, it's not like... They could have gotten away with not even saying it, but it's kind of nice. It's kind of refreshing to hear him be so honest about it. Yeah. Like, I didn't think they'd be like, yeah, most of the game, but there's these chunks that don't, but there's these chunks that do. It's kind of there just to show, like, yeah, look, this is how much effort we're putting into this game to make sure that it's, like, playing perfectly. Yeah. Like, your characters will never be affected by the yeah. frame rate, but... I mean, this other stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah. Most people have it off anyway, at least you know. Right, right. That reminds me, does that mean, do you think, um... Well, obviously, we don't know about, like, how bad the limitations of the 3DS will be, like how hard is it for them to actually run 60 frames per second. But mm-hmm. someone brought up um, Ice Climbers and how, like, oh, if you're having eight characters on the screen plus items and stuff like that, maybe, maybe that's why they might I wonder get if cut. That's, I wonder if that's partly if why anything. they don't... Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're cut for that reason. I mean, Sakurai's kind of alluded to that in the past, saying some characters have to be cut for technical reasons. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's one of them. Really... We'll find out soon enough, yeah. but uh, but then on the flip side, Rosalina has Luma, which are independent of each other. Yeah, but I mean, Luma's a tiny little sprite and, and compared to like and a it's giant. Not ice always climber. there either. I yeah. mean, Nana is like literally another character. Yeah, with AI like and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. on percentage. It's on everything. Yeah, that might be why they're cut. I wouldn't be surprised, especially because they yeah. have confirmed all characters will be the same on both. I mean, as so. unique as like they are, and they're, they're kind of fun to play with. I mean, 
at the at by the end of the Smash Brothers life cycle, they just turn into like a grabbing character. So. Yeah, and plus, it'd be nice to see another character like that with different ability. Yeah, actually, and plus, uh, saying actually, I'm uh, gonna fight with Nana and Popo just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fight with the Ice Clan. I know, right? I know, but. But more more significantly, though, than the frame rate, probably, is that uh, there's a whole new mode on the 3DS and version of the game. It's going to be exclusive to it. It's called Smash Run. And essentially, it's, it's not just fighting. That barely worked as a pun. You just compare, yeah. You just use the word run again. Fine. <laughs> this mode will be a smash. There we go. But <laughs> Wait, but that could work for anything in the game. <laughs> Point being, in this mode... This game will be a smash. It will. But in this uh, in this mode, it's how it works is there's, you're up to four players, it's multiplayer, and you're running around a dungeon, all these different dungeons, full of different Nintendo enemies from all sorts of franchises, and some Namco enemies, Galaga sprites are in there. That's also um, supposed to be cemetery people. Yep, yeah, but well, that kind of counts as a Nintendo franchise. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, but basically, you're running around for five minutes, and your goal is to explore the dungeon, collect items, fight enemies, get power-ups, that to then determine how you will fight. So after five minutes are up, you're thrown well, onto a battlefield. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you're thrown onto a battlefield after five minutes, and then you just duke it out, and then you do it all over again. So it's just kind of like an extra little thing you do. It's not just straight battle, it's a little more than battle. Yeah, it's just like, see how much you can modify your jump, power, yeah. defense, blah, blah, blah. I think the cool thing about it, besides the fact that it's a little different, is it's total fan service galore. The amount of enemies from different franchises they have crammed in there. I mean, I saw, like, Zelda enemies, Mario enemies, Kirby enemies, Bulborbs from Pikmin, like, it was... Kremlings were there also. Cre- yeah, they were there too, which was a little surprising, yeah. But, uh... I mean, also the Tiki Tech tribe, so it's not like they're... No, um... No snowmans, though. That's true. Not that we've seen. So far, yeah. So far. But uh, it, it it's uh, it's just kind of nice that they did that much fan service. Like, Sakurai could get by at the basics, but he never does. And it's really cool to see that he's still, to this day, like, even on 3DS, there's less space on the cart. He's still cramming everything in there. I they mean, do have a lot of space, though. Do they have more space than the Wii disc? No. I know they have, like, up to 8 they, I think they, something like that. Uh, yeah, but Wii disc can hold way more than that, I think. Oh. I think it's, like, 1632. But the, uh, the what I was gonna say about fan service though is it's like it's not just the um, it's not just these Emmys it's everywhere. I mean, Lil Mac has that all costume where he's the wireframe Mac from the arcade version of Punch Out. He's never seen since. Like that's kind of core. Like Mega Man's Final Smash where it's all the different Mega Men Mega yeah. Mans lined up in a row, or even like the music selection where every 3DS stage has got two different songs and every Wii U that you can choose between and every Wii U has stage has who knows how many. He says, <laughs> yeah, he basically said it's a lot <laughs> and then you have all the different items there's now like the tanuki suit and the blue shell from mario kart so it's nice and to the boomerang the flower Wii version isn't being totally like yeah restrained by what the 3ds can yeah do. i mean if he's cramming all this into the 3ds one well, yeah. i mean it sounds yeah. just like it's just going to be characters and it might be like the wii u will just get a bunch of random modes that i'll never use but... right yeah and i mean not not only that but in addition like cramming all the, yeah well, see, we'll get to that in Unless a sec. I have to not characters with it. That's the only reason. Nah, they're not going to manda- make it mandatory. But getting back to that in a sec, I was just going to say, though, in addition to the fan service in the game, he also did good fan service in the direct itself. I mean, like, he trolled us multiple times. Like, the Zero Suit Samus is gone, just kidding, no, she's not. Or, like, the guess the trophy, and it was not Palatina from Kid Icarus, but pseudo Palatina, implying there's some other place that Palatina may actually be. Character, or, just the, or he's just trolling. Character. I don't know, but either way, the fact that he knows how to mess with us so perfectly, he really pays attention to the fans. It's a nice touch. But yeah, back to back to Smash Run because you're mentioning you don't know how much you're gonna use it. Uh, first, before we I get to that, that real quick, what? No, I do know though. What? That you're not gonna use it? 
Like I said, you said I don't know how much I'm going to use it. Oh, yeah. Well, you do know you're not going to use it. But what I was going to say is, one, it's very similar to Kirby Air Ride, which Sakurai said in the presentation, which Kirby Air Ride had literally the same mode. You collect dimes and you duke it out on City your little... something. Yeah, on your little stars. But the uh, the key thing with this, and I guess the, key th- the thing that makes it a little more strategic and probably a little more, he's hoping, interesting to people that prefer to straight-up competitive play, is that you have to kind of balance your character as you're collecting items. It's not just a run around. I mean, you could just run around and grab everything, but if you actually succeed, you need to look for certain items and stuff, which gives it a bit more strategy. But more to the point, you made the point that you're not going to play it. He also encourages you to play with random characters. Yeah. Just, in, just showing like... Just how... to try But he says that about normal stuff, too. Like, he's always, like, trying to Yeah, characters. but that's the thing, like, he went out of his way to make Brawl, like, a party game, and in this one, he literally just separated. I mean, he's giving people this mode. So he's like, okay, I yeah. know people... Some people want to do just for glory mode, so I'm going to give oh, yeah, for other people yeah. like Smash Run so they could go at it and play this really fun game where they could do all those. Yeah, they're walking an interesting line because in the past there's been obviously a whole debate about is Smash Bros. a party game, like a fun party game, or is it like a serious competitive game? You know, Melee, not Brawl, is the one in Evo, that sort of thing. And you play more competitively, and I tend to play more casually, so we're like on opposite ends on this. But it is interesting that they're now trying to split the difference and like appeal to both people instead of finding a middle ground. Like Smash Run, it's cool. It makes it's smart for the 3DS. You each have your own screen, so it makes sense that you run around your own dungeon and then fight. But it's not like the bread and butter of the game. It's a side mode because he knows there's a bunch of people that don't care. And yeah. then you brought up online play, which uh, unlike with Brawl, it's no longer like he says, no longer one thing. There's now the for, for glory mode, which is like the hardcore fighting mode, and there's the for fun mode or for play mode which is the for fun mode, where it's just random items and random levels. So I guess we should probably explain what those are real quick, and then we can discuss it a bit. For glory mode, anything else is not. (laughs) Yeah, so for glory, for those who somehow missed the direct, uh, there are no items. There are no crazy random events. All the stages are flat. They introduced a new thing for... That'll be every single stage will have a final destination mode. Almost all of them. Almost all of them. Where they uh, strip out all the inclines they strip out all the obstacles they strip out everything except just the stage so basically you're swapping backdrops at this point but it's nice because every so many people that play competitively competitively would only play on final destination kind and that of. got kind of there's kind of like a yeah there's like a handful well i don't know like this is something that i guess i kind of thought about recently when i first sure. saw the director i'm like well i mean usually for the most part we like my brother and i and our other friends mm-hmm. usually just play on final destination yeah well but, that's what um, we did when we used to play but um actual like I mean, way above my level, like super, like, like real tournament. tournament, like actual yeah. tournament. They don't really play on Final Destination that often. Like they rarely battlefield. Yeah, they usually do battlefield. They usually do like, well, usually they have a handful of stages that people pick. Right. They have platforms and stuff like that, and usually like like oh, okay, not every like Final Destination gives people with projectiles an advantage or blah blah blah. Right. But honestly, like. I don't, I don't know. I think it's fine that it's just Final Destination. I mean... Well, no, I have no problem with that. I just meant it's nice that, like, because there was only so oh, many yeah, stages, yeah. now they're all available and you're just swapping out backdrops, so at least they don't look Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been nice if you had, like... If it was, like, both, like, oh, a Final Destination thing where it's just, like, a few platforms, sure. but that's it. Yeah. It's, like, just to have platforms, because, I mean... Yeah. Some characters kind of need them to do good, I guess. But yeah, well, I mean, he didn't necessarily rule out platforms. He just said there'd be no inclines and no obstacles. Well, it's like... There could be multiple tiers of flat. Well, no, well he said Final Destination only. It, that true, means it does only, mean only yeah. flat, yeah. Which is, I don't know, I mean, I think it's fine. Now, on the flip side, if you don't like competitive play, there's for fun. And this one, this one's interesting because it's literally the polar opposite. All stages, excuse me, all stages are random. Everything in them can be doing whatever. Except you know, Final obstacles. Destination. Right. But it's completely randomized. All items are on. All power-ups are available. You can't 
pick a stage, can't pick what items. It's just everything. So if you're playing, these are for anonymous play online, not for friend play. If you're playing anonymously, you either are doing bare bones, it's not too anonymous. Fight. Your name's it's there. your Nintendo Network ID. But yeah. I mean, if you're playing random people, it's either bare bones, fight to the death on a flat surface, or yay, look at these items I got. I'm gonna send an assist trophy at you. Those are your options. Um, but it's worth noting that if you're playing with friends or if you're playing locally, you can, of course, customize everything. So anyone on your friends list, you can do any sort of hybrid of these modes, which is nice. It makes sense. Yeah, hopefully the netcode is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Nemco is helping out. They have to, at this point, figured it out. I mean, Brawl was, quite frankly, kind of an online disaster, looking yeah. back at it. And Nintendo clearly learned from that. Yeah. They um, haven't had any issues since. I mean, Nemco has, like, Tekken Online, and those are pretty good there so hopefully they give some sort of guidance like oh whoa what are you guys doing well they're the ones actually coding it so they're oh. probably so they would be telling themselves so, what are you doing so joe why are you doing that I think yeah i think so but uh it is worth knowing that regardless of uh who you're playing online there's no leaderboards there's no actual ranking system when you're playing online it will do matchmaking based on skill so it keeps track of wins and losses but don't expect any sort of anything that resembles like you know how call of duty does it or something Instead, also, the other rank leaderboard, uh, yeah, like the like, ranking systems weren't even like that bad. Like when he said on, like, oh, you won't know who's. I think the way they have it here is straight up more weird. competitive, if anything, because yeah. it's like, oh, you're. And it's more weird because you don't know as much. Yeah, because your rank, your ranking is just a number. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, what well, it is? It's the global it's, smash power. Yeah. Your global smash power, which is a ranking, and all it tells your number is literally how many people you're, you're better than in the world. Yeah, so if you're like number two hundred, congrats. There's two hundred people you're better than, or there. Yeah, yeah. There's only two hundred people you're better than. So the bigger the number, the better. Problem is, you don't know what number one is. So it's like half a leaderboard. You know who's below you. You don't know who's ahead of you, and you don't know them by name. You just know there are people below you. This many. So it's like you kind of know, but you kind of don't, because like you don't really know what the you don't know the context of the number. You just have a number. Yeah, it would have been nice to kind of know who's on the top. Maybe not like which specific person is on the top, but just like the number range, or just like what characters are being used. Like, oh, the top four players. Like, oh, these are the characters. It's possible they'll still reveal that. I mean, they have all sorts of stat tracking yeah. to have it. Yeah, because I mean, Smash Brothers is like I would say. Pro- the only game I know that has like ridiculous amount of stat tracking. It keeps yeah. track of like, oh, how many hits you made what percentage you get how much time you're in the air how many hits yeah. in the air like everything. how many miles you would have walked yeah. if you were walking on earth yeah, exactly. so yeah i think that's step, a real yeah, one in like the how many match. steps taken yeah how, like it has everything yeah so, so they are tracking this so they could conceivably have all sorts of online stat breakdown but at least for global yeah we're like the break yeah like yeah breakdown just like yeah just like almost like if they did like the stats of like the everybody votes channel on the wii but it was all just smash Bros. stats instead of random things people vote on you know what I mean? Like, they just had all these comparative graphs and polls. Smash Bros. have its own channel, kind of like how the Mario Kart channel will Considering the Wii U doesn't do channels, probably not. Not channel, but... Like, its own little section. Or whatever. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. Channel. It'll probably be you boot up the game and it's in oh. there. I don't yeah. think they're going to be a standalone thing, because they're good. Nintendo encourages the eShop so heavily. Why would they make you down- have two icons for a downloadable game? Hmm. I mean, granted, they could have a disc version, but that'd be weird Is if the market TV going to be a downloadable thing? I think it's within the game. But I'm not sure. They haven't talked about it oh. talked about it as its own channel, so who knows? But I was going to say though, with uh, Global Smash Power, which probably I I think we said, it, but just in case, only when you do solo modes does it apply towards this. Only special solo modes when you're doing score attack and that sort of thing. If you're doing general like online or multiplayer, Global Power Ranking uh, is that Power Ranking Global Smash Power won't be affected whatsoever. So that's just something to keep in mind. Also, worth noting, no cross-platform play, which makes perfect sense. No cl- cross-platform online play, which makes sense since the stages are totally separate. Yeah, so, that does make sense. Yeah. 
Now, the other thing, this, of Though course... PlayStation also did have cross-platform play. Yeah, well, there's a couple other things that PlayStation also did that Smash is lifting, which we'll get to, but characters are, of course, a major component, and they spent some time discussing characters in the Direct, so we should probably touch on that. Um, you know, you really can't discuss Smash Bros. without talking about characters, so... He did say that characters can no longer transform, which may fit into the whole will Ice Climbers be back sort of thing in the sense that they might scrap they might be scrapping Ice Climbers because two characters, you know, that's harder to do as well, one uh you know, on one three DS screen when there's eight of them. Transforming characters they have to on the fly basically swap out all the code and insert the other one, I'd imagine. So that might be why they killed it. Maybe, but I mean I also wanna I'm also maybe I don't know the benefit of the doubt, but I mean Sakura it sounds like he's like giving a bigger emphasis on um balancing the game out. That's and, true, um, is, yeah. And a lot of these characters, like, I would say almost everyone I I know, like, can't doesn't, never ever mains both characters that transform. Like, mm-hmm. if someone's good with Sheik, they never use Zelda. If someone's good with Zelda, true, they never use Sheik. that's true. Same thing yeah. with Pokemon trainers. No one, everyone's usually good with one or two of those Pokemon. They never want to use that third. Right. So pretty much, like, they have a wasted move slot. Like, a move slot that's never going to be used, that's just kind of there. And when they do use it, like, especially for Pokemon trainer, like, they're forced to, like, switch out every time they lose a life or with Zelda mm-hmm. like that down B could potentially be a good move right and other although I'm sorry any move called bouncing fish is not gonna I'm sure it could be a good downward kick or whatever it is for Sheik but oh. like Sheik's down B instead of transform oh, yeah, yeah. is bouncing fish I just thought about they that they also changed her whip chain that I yeah. almost never see anyone use so that's probably for the better yeah but yeah I mean just like those little tweaks that those Characters got like Charizard, like it looks like they got rid of his Rock Smash for mm-hmm. like some fire charge. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm sure his fatigue is no longer a thing. Oh yeah, I mean that was also. We like, should probably mention. I we were talking about the characters, but so just for well, those who may not be up to date, Sheik is now separate from Zelda. Zero Suit Samus is now separate from Normal Samus and has Rocket Boots to boost her attacks. Uh, who am I? Charizard is now its own character with no more Pokemon trainer. I think that's it. Those are the oh, and Yoshi's back. But instead of Yoshi being like kind of hunched over, like he like he looks like he's rideable, he now stands upright and his attacks more powerful as a result. And he looks ginormous in screenshots, like he's hmm. big. But you're saying that's why I did oh. for anyone that didn't know the characters. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, just like really important tweaks. The only other character that got like a lot of tweaks was Olimar. Like now he can only have three, three Pikmin. Pikmin. Yeah, three Pikmin at once instead of six. They come out in a specific order. They're really getting rid of the. Like the random elements. Like. I super like his wing Pikmin recovery move. Yeah, like, like people are saying, like, oh, we're the wing Pikmin, and yep, that's his recovery. Yep. But um, if you have Pikmin on you, it will slow you down. So you want to like ditch your Pikmin before you use it. Right, right. And then also, um, there's a new character. No, no, no. There was another. Oh, sorry. There was something else that got changed. But it's jumping ahead. Wow, I lost my train of thought when you jumped in. Sorry, that's why because I realized some people might not know all the new characters, so we should probably run through or the returning ones that were confirmed. So. Yeah, I'll come back to me. I'll just keep going. All right, I'll, I'll uh, move on to the new character while you think of it. And that new character, this one came out of nowhere, literally. And that's, uh, how do you say it, Greninja? Yeah, Greninja. Yeah, Greninja, the final form of Froakie from Pokemon X and Y, is now playable. And it's basically everything you'd imagine where you combine a ninja with water. Like, he throws throwing stars made of water. That sort of thing. But uh, he looks super fast, super agile. He's brand new. He literally set the internet on fire. Like, he was trending all over the place. And... Uh, also of note is that he seems to be borrowing a move from Lucario. Uh, sort of. Sakurai put on Miiverse shortly after the Direct, like a day or two later, a new move called uh, Shadow Sneak that Greninja could do. And it's basically like Lucario's, you know, dodge thing, the side B, except no. it's offensive instead of defensive. Yeah, he Wait, disappears and reappears hitting the person. Wait. Only difference is it's not used to dodge, it's used to attack. No, it's just a teleport. Right, that's what Lucario does. He teleports to the side to dodge the attack. No, it's the counter. 
Well, he still disappears from the screen and reappears, oh. and if you time it right, you land it. Same idea. I guess. So that's why I said it's like Lucario's but offensive instead of defensive. It's not counter, it's a full-on attack. But if he disappears and reappears further down the stage, how's that any different from Lucario? Oh, we're getting into the weeds here. Oh, I don't know, I guess it's because Lucario is like... I don't know. I mean, this one's faster, for sure. Based, I mean, I, I would assume, based on how much more agile this character is, but... Oh. I don't know, oh. just seeing, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's Lucario's move, but as an offensive move. Maybe I misinterpreted. No, well, I, I, I just feel they're pretty different, I guess. Just because one, you have no control over whatsoever, it's just... Well, we all know how much you control this one. Yeah, well, he said on the on the post that um, depending on how long you charge it, depends on how far you go, and... Oh, true, true. Could... Well, I guess the the fact, I guess my only thing where I'm like, oh, they're similar, it, it, it is it's like... the only character who literally vanishes and then returns. If anything, it's more like Meta Knight's down... Upbeat, but he hasn't disappeared. Yeah, he, just he teleports. Oh, he does. That's right. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, that. it, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, Mark Man, yeah, right. exactly I forgot about Man Knight even being a character. Yeah, he teleports <laughs> and pops out like. Um, yeah. yeah, and he's like ta-da and stabs you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. There we go. He's a magician. If anything, I thought when you were going to say he borrowed a move was going to be like that he has substitute. What he did borrow, by the way, I'm pretty sure is Mewtwo's spot in the roster. I would be surprised if they keep Mewtwo. That's like six Pokemon already. If you four. count four, but if you count Jigglypuff, you're up to five. She'll definitely be there. She's different enough. Well, they were at four, five, six, six in the last game. No, they were they. Well, I mean, you two, Lucario, and the Pokemon Trainer. So that's three. That's five. Wait, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Mewtwo. There was no Mewtwo in Brawl. Wasn't there? Oh, you're right. I'm yeah, actually... it was. Char- wow, what's wrong with my? I mean, like, like, I'm like, falling apart here. Like counting actual characters. I mean, with Jigglypuff, Lucario, Pikachu. Oh, I forgot Pikachu. Um, and then the three Pokemon. There's six of them. Right, but we're already at. Four. Yeah, oh, I guess they can. I guess they can Mewtwo back. There's more. a lot of lengthy I mean, humanoid Pokemon. I mean, if Jigglypuff is like. Have. I mean, obviously they're not going to cut her. She's been nah. there for too long. Whether yeah. she's relevant or not, but she's not anymore. Oh, I mean, she's she a third. still is. Well, she's, she's a did. popular Pokemon. She was going to be. You know, she was going to be. Or no, that's Clefairy that was going to be Pikachu before. Yeah, Pikachu I mean, Clefairy was, was relevant like back then because I mean, not Clefairy. Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. I mean, she actually came out like in every single episode of Pokemon. Now and always sung and was a diva. Yeah, now she's just. There, because she's been in the other Smash Brothers. But. Right, that's true. And she's pretty unique, too. I'll give her that. Yeah. All right, well, whatever. So there's still another Pokemon slot, I guess. I mean... Yeah. I wonder if it'll be Mewtwo or if they're going to do something uh, else. I don't know. If they bring a... Uh, I wouldn't imagine. And now I think about, yeah, Lucario's the new Mewtwo, and then Greninja's just an extra. I mean, if they bring back Mewtwo, I guess that's fine. Right now, not having Mewtwo back is the only reason I would have to play Melee. So, give me a right. back. Right, yeah. right. Well, maybe he'll come back just to make it harder for you to justify digging up the GameCube. Yeah. Same thing with Brawl. Like, I wouldn't mind if they don't bring Brawl back or some character just because they're like, oh, that's what makes Brawl Brawl. Like, I like being able to go back right, to my game. Right. Especially because yeah. that's what Sakurai said. He didn't want each game to be just the same characters, but with more. Exactly. Stages. Yeah. Which, so far, it kind of sounds like it, but... That's the same characters, but with more. No, I mean like just more characters and stages. Oh uh, no, he's changing it up in some significant. Well, ways. I mean, I mean, those are. The I things... mean, you can kind of ignore. I mean, balance issues. I mean, ban- yeah, balances don't really matter to like, I mean, the he, average person. He teased some stuff, customizable move sets and that sort of thing. He will learn about that later, oh. but I think that's gonna be what differentiates. But I also think that's irrelevant too. Right. Well, yeah. that goes back. That goes back to the whole competitive versus casual play. Because yeah. custom move sets work. I guess we'll talk about it now. Custom move sets work on uh, on local multiplayer and friend online multiplayer, but yeah. not competitive online. Not on random. For, not on for fun or for glory. Yeah, for fun and for, for glory, they're excluded because they don't want people having an edge. Because I'm guessing you get the custom moves through the single player mode, whatever that is. 
Maybe. Kind of like Subspace Emissary gave you stickers, which didn't do a whole lot, but claimed they did. I think this is going to be that idea fleshed out. Yeah, but I mean, in a nutshell, like, oh, you can make Mario Thoroughball, like, bounce further. You can make it bigger. You can make it shoot in a straight line. You could, like, do a bunch of things with it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did say that, yeah. No, yeah, they were showing it. Yeah, yeah, that's how I just realized. Yeah, so, I mean, like, when they first showed that, I'm like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. Like, people will, like, start, like, figuring out, like, what the best combination is to have on a character. Yeah. And then, but then pretty it, much, that'll make it like, oh, well, this is the best way to have him. There's no other way to use him. Like, it's almost like with competitive Pokemon play, where you have to, like, train much, a certain way to get the certain character in order to be actually competitive. You yeah, have to, like, set or, up Or give certain him a certain way. move. I mean, exactly. yeah, like, anyone yeah. can have a Charizard, but... But Charizard you have a Charizard has, with X, Y, and Z as attacks, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, as soon as he said, like, oh, you can't use it for glory for this, as soon as he said that, it's like, oh, well, I'm not using that anymore. Yeah, because you mean, play no competitive. Really I'm not going to waste my time customizing it. For Just something. to play me online where you'll beat me anyway without the customization. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to be allowed to use it. Right. And everyone yeah. I know, I mean, like, it's not like... I mean, I have a good group of friends that I play this a lot. I guess I'm the same level, and none of them would bother doing that, so why should I? Right. I guess it's another one of those things that's just like to try and have both party, both types of Smash Bros. fan be happy. Yeah. And not to say I won't play the other way either. I mean, I also have like another group of friends. Like when I play with Jason or with like um, some other people that like, we all leave items on. Like they all want to play like on every stage or they'll mm-hmm. say, why don't you have this on? I mean, I'll just play whatever moves that the other person wants. Yeah. But obviously yeah. And that's what's great about Smash is. Yeah. And that's what's great about Smash is that like it accommodates all those preferences. Like, it really, and especially this one, the way they're splitting things, there really is a way for everyone to play exactly how they want to play online and off. Yeah, honestly, which is what's different this that's time. That's what I'm really loving about the way, like, Sakurai is approaching this game. I love that. It's like the whole, like, oh, um, let's make it, like, more, oh, man, what was that perfect word that, like, everyone has been using in the industry? Um, oh, it's, it's capturing a wider audience. And yeah. Instead of, like, making one mode that everyone will enjoy and end up turning into something that no one likes because it's neither. Right. Like, he's actually, like, just segmenting the game for... And, like, it looks, like, in great detail for each person. Yeah. I mean, just look at, like, like the whole Resident Evil thing. Like, oh, let's make a Resident Evil game that Call of Duty people fan will, fans will also and love. Then and then that became Resident Evil 6, which the hardcore Resident Evil fans hated. Yeah. Or disliked. And, and the hardcore Call of Duty people were like, oh, it's not a faction, but... Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I love that he's, like, putting that much effort into both. Really and, pres- and knowing Sakurai, both are going to be extremely high-quality modes. Like, it's not going to be, like, one oh, of the yeah. skipped off. Oh, yeah, his games are, like... He puts, the he, yeah, yeah, he he like kills himself making these games. I swear. Uh, it, we we were talking about Pokemon earlier, and here's another example of Sakurai really going going all the way here. It is worth mentioning that there's a new item, the Master Ball. So in addition to all the normal Pokemon, you now have all the legendary Pokemon, and they they used to so be there so anyway, but they're just split. like yeah, now they're just splitting. But up. they're gonna put more because there's more legendaries, so that makes sense. Because if you had like six legendaries, the Master Ball would be like okay, there's one of six chances, but now there's so many. Like there are like seven legendaries in the trailer alone that's obviously or in the direct alone that's oh, obviously yeah. not going to be the whole selection it is worth mentioning by the way when palkia was announced as a pokemon that comes out of a pokeball or master ball i guess um we were talking about does he go flip the stage upside down he does it's yep. in the footage so there we go and uh, speaking of stages that's the other big component the last real bit of news out of the direct was uh stages so sakurai showed off a lot of stages there's like literally a sizzle reel of just stages and most of these we've already seen in the in, on Miiverse posts. And there's a few that weren't there, but I don't think we're going to break them all down. I just did want to really quick say that Palatina Temple looks huge. Game explained in actual comparison of how it looks compared to Hyrule Temple from Brawl. It's like four, it's like three quarters bigger or yeah. something. It's nuts. And then it still made Newport City look a lot bigger. Yeah, and Newport City too, which is arguably bigger. bigger yeah. Now looks really tiny as well. And also, uh, Jungle Japes and the Halberd are confirmed to be back. That's the first time they've confirmed returning stages. One thing I don't remember, whether 
I don't, I don't remember about Jungle Jade. Someone pointed out that they thought they saw the character just fall through the water as opposed to actually swimming. Because I remember in Broad, I think they, they got carried. I think they got carried. So I don't the know. The current carries them down. So if they're on the far left of the yeah, screen, that, they'll disappear right also, away. But that also kind of happened like in Melee. Because I mean, the, the current well, the current still pushed you, but True. you were still falling down. So yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, it's swimming. Well, the back? person That's that the mechanic fell... that was introduced in Broad. So who yeah. Knows? The person that fell, I will say, uh, they were on the far left of the screen. So that makes it, oh. if I remember correctly, so that makes it a little harder to really judge because they get whisked away so quickly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that is actually interesting. And swimming, none of the stages they've shown in any of the footage have water in them except Jungle Jake. So I wouldn't be surprised if swimming's dead. Yeah, I mean, if they don't have a stage with water, I mean, what's the point of having yeah, it? Yeah, well, I built it in for just Jungle Japes, so and they could just do yeah, it I mean, how it used to be. Probably, actually, no, I think I did have a, quite a few stages with water. I mean, they had the yeah, whole Hyrule. Yeah, Isle Delfina, uh, yeah. The Wind Waker Ocean. Delfina. Isle Delfina had a few spots. Wait, is that it? Was I just, like, making up a bunch of them? Well, that's still, like, three or four. Oh, uh, Electroplankton. No, you couldn't swim in that. Yeah, you, yeah, you could. Yeah, I just fell through. Oh, you're right. Is if the leaf dipped into the water, was, you had a second like, to jump it was, off. It was, like, yeah. sound waves. It wasn't even, like, water. No, it was water. It Electroplankton right. set in a watery world. I own Electroplankton. That I, was water. I just did it the other day. It's, it's, no, no, no. In the game, it might... They, it, no, 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 I'm no, saying no. it's water. It might not be water. Oh, you can swim in, but it no, is water. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, swimmable stages. Oh, no. That was definitely water. They are oh, yeah, plankton. I'm not arguing with that, but... <laughs> yeah. Just, like, water you could swim in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but other sta- one other stage thing worth mentioning, besides what we said, this is a big one, is that there are now boss battles. And when I said they're borrowing something from PlayStation Battle All-Stars, this is kind of what I meant. Because then Battle All-Stars have, not exactly boss battles, but the stage would essentially, elements would happen in the stage where you actually have to like turn, it would affect the battle. And yeah, they weren't really boss battles. They were just like the bosses were there <laughs> messing with the, the stage. The, the, I think the best way to compare it to, the best thing to compare it to is like the Universal Studios Tour. Where, like, you're kind of just going through the motions. Like, oh, and they're some, just in the background? Yeah, it's just the background. Kind of like how... But they like, were often bosses. Like, the char- the things that well, were affecting the stage as just, background elements were big boss oh, characters, weren't random, they? Just random. Like, just whatever oh. was in the game. Like, there was in one stage, um, the background... Well, the foreground was, like, Jack and Daxter, and the background sure. was Hotshot Golf. And the, they would just shoot the golf balls into the foreground. I could have sworn there's one stage I played. And or, there, played or, or, or there was another the stage where, like, the background is, like, Killzone people... This shooting tank. Yeah, the hell guys in the foreground is like, I think another Jack and Daxter. I don't remember. There's a lot of Jack and Daxter. And I, I mean, the one you're probably referring to is like, oh, there's one where, I guess in the background or like the game starts with um, Hades from God of War and he's just in the yes, back. Like that's the one. Like, like you can't yeah. affect them whatsoever. He's just there like pounding the ground every once in a so while. So I guess they kind of lifted the idea of the stage evolving and affect and the environment becoming part of the battle yeah. and applying it literally with a boss. Because what they're doing in Smash Just Bros... Just changed it up a lot. Yeah, it changed it up a lot, a lot. What they're doing with Smash Bros is... They gave the example of the uh, Mega Man stage, which is Dr. Wily's castle from Mega Man 2. And what happens is the Yellow Devil from that game... Looks he, nothing like you would assume, though. Yeah, he, he, he looks like a big... He looks like something I want to hug, not kill. He looks so, like, plump and... Yeah. Anyway, he looks kind of like the Earthbound bad guy things the starman like yeah if a little if, if the starman game played and his years. head moved into his chest <laughs> but besides that identical no but uh or like those bendy smiley guys from when we were kids like the oh they're kind of like that but with the head in the chest instead well that's the first thing i thought when i saw it anyway um so what happens is he comes down and starts attacking you so in, in, in the case of yellow devil he shapeshifts back and forth across the, well, not shapeshift like migrates pixel by pixel yeah. across the screen and you can all fight him, or you can just let him keep attacking you as you fight each other. But whoever gets the final blow on him, in this case, it's hitting him in the eye, he'll explode. Everyone else's damage except the person who dealt the final blow. So it's almost like a kind of final smash 
ish sort of like special another... thing that one character gets that hurts everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another element, basically. It's another element that I guarantee will be really fun if you're playing with like full on crazy levels, but if you're in Final Destination, I'm sure it won't be there. Yeah. Yeah, but it, they, he teased that there's some other bosses as well. Specifically, they showed this isn't even a tease, it's a straight up like, hey guys, we're gonna have Ridley. They showed Ridley's shadow in the Pyrosphere Metro. Yeah, stage. people are really like tearing, well, not tearing it up, but like really like going in depth on this, and they're like, oh, Ridley. Because I mean, I, I guess a lot of people really want Ridley as character. Yeah, they've been wanting playable and, for like three games now. And they're like, oh, he's not too big. I think that was like the biggest argument against him, but obviously Bowser's in it. Yeah. And he's like every size ever. Yeah, but um, people were like, "Oh, the way he's moving in the trailer doesn't match how a boss would normally move." Oh, his trajectory is going this way. Like, how do they know how a boss would normally move? Considering they just announced one boss, that's why I don't understand. You can argue a boss moves this way or that way in Metroid Prime, yeah. but in Smash Bros, they you don't know program, the dynamic. Yeah, they want to program a boss to move that way. They can. don't do it. Yeah. It's Sakurai. He does what he wants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the assist trophies move the way characters do. They have double jumps. They yeah. kind of just follow along. They they could the Pokemon after- all do their own thing. Just like they would in a real Pokemon game, too. Like, their attack animations or whatever they happen to be. I mean, I guess... It's not like it, there's it, a it's set just way. It's wishful thinking. I mean, yeah. sure, maybe... Nah, it's not happening. Nah. If he says, this is gonna be a... Bo- We're gonna have more bosses, and they show Ridley's shadow, it's not... I mean, the, going, the, this isn't one of them. I mean, the only other thing that people, I guess, they have going for them, yeah. if anything, is that, um, like, oh, when... Before they announced Toon Link, Toon Link was, like, conducting the train in that one level, so people assume, like, oh, Toon Link's not gonna be in the game. But he gets true. replaced with another character when he gets yeah, replaced. Yeah, that's true. He gets replaced by the right-hand man. So, I mean, they're out of way. So who would really get replaced with? Oh, well, I mean, there's Metal Ridley. And there's yeah. other kinds of Ridley. Is his name Meta Ridley? Meta Ridley. I don't know. Metal is Mario. <laughs> no, I would have thought it was not. Oh, no. It, may be met- it might it was... be Metal. Look what, look what happens when I try and correct you about things that happen late in the game that I never get to. No, you see Metal... You see... Actually, no, I've seen him, yeah. You see him, like, right in the beginning of yeah, Prime. Yeah, Prime. Yeah. I actually have gotten to him. And yeah. he appears, like, in all the other games for two, but... Yeah. No. Anyway, so, I mean, he could be replaced with him. I mean, I'm not saying he will be, but, I mean... Yeah, I think it's safe to say he won't be, and it's a pleasant surprise if he is. I mean... I'm going to assume he won't be. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had to pick out a Metroid Prime... At a Metroid character, I'd probably pick um, one of the Hunters, like Candon. I love Candon. I don't remember which Hunter I used in Metroid Prime Hunters. I will say their designs were all very weird. Random. I think <laughs> They not- looked like it was, like, my first polygonal figure... My first polygonal... Uh, computer uh, program thing i really like trace was also really cool trace, uh, hey tr- the, the, you know what's clever about trace he's in a ds game and his hand's a stylus and his uh, name is trace oh nintendo yeah, never that. change he's really cool though i think he would have i don't remember who i used at all remember he was a spider no i know who trace is i don't remember who i used there was a guy that split himself in two there was a guy that i don't i feel like i used the green slug looking thing i used the yellow slug maybe he was yellow Candon. he's like electric Oh, I use 10, yeah. And there's like a volcano dude. Dude, we should play Metroid Prime Hunters sometime. This is great podcasting. Hey guys that are listening, me and Jose at some point in the future are going to play Metroid Prime Hunters and have fun, and you won't know about it unless we talk about it on the show. So yeah, back to Smash Bros. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say about the bosses though, I think it's a really cool idea. It does, it adds another layer. It is something that you were saying how you don't want it to be just the same game again. This differentiates in in an interesting way because A, more obstacles to deal with, and B, more fan service in a new way that's never been done. Like, they've done bosses as characters, they've done bosses as trophies, but even then, they now have so many different opportunities of different types of bosses, and you actually get to see how they work. Like, imagine if there's a Mario stage with, yeah, like, King Bob-Bob, I mean, he would never be in the game otherwise. Yeah, I mean, interactive bosses are, during, like, a regular fight, are really interesting. Yeah. I mean... For competitive I'll, play, it obviously won't fly. Yeah, but. I mean, like, Osprey didn't do that, but, I mean, I really like how it's still different, but I don't know, I don't know why, like, I just really, like, love, like, the whole... 
also all sorts of background how like it just mixed two different games in the background mashup like, yeah yeah and also i guess i'd also work with the music like the music kind of transitioned into i remember and, that yeah yeah, yeah, that's something that would be interesting. I think Brawl, yeah, I think Smash they, Bros. isn't doing it because I'm sure. Because yeah, there isn't any, I mean, beyond like the characters you pick, there's no kind of like, the backgrounds are just that game and that's it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. My suspicion is but... they're doing that because they don't want it to look like they're just copying All-Stars. I mean, if Smash Bros. for three like, generations like, didn't yeah. do that, and then suddenly after All-Stars comes out, they're like, hey, we have this crazy idea, let's combine worlds. It's like, well, someone else already did that, guys. Like, they need to keep their identity. It's a, yeah, like, and also, I mean, like, the only. Plus side to not doing that is that um, because like like I said the other ones are like Universal Studio tour rides, like pretty much I go once you get to the that second part of the game like oh you just have to dodge these bad guys right. until the game transitions and then it's gonna be in this right. other world or blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. It's the whole author thing is I, I, I like how their Smash Four is doing it. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's a cool approach. But like like we were saying about. Um, or as we were saying about the, you know, we don't know how the customizable stats will work. That's not the only thing we don't know. There's a few things, a few other things I want to kind of allude to, but didn't, or not I want to, sorry, Sakurai alluded to, but didn't say, including crossplay. There's some sort of connectivity between, not crossplay in the literal sense, but there's some sort of connectivity between the Wii U and 3DS versions of the game, and he refuses to say what it is. So far, refusing. All, he's refusing. Like they asked him, and he's like, "No," and punched their camera away. Also, uh, we don't know the name of the game. I still will not accept that it's really going to be called Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS their... slash mm-hmm. Wii U. Like that's such a horrible name. It's so bad. I think they're just trying to figure out. I'd be okay with just Super Smash Brothers Four. But, like, if you go buy the games, you're going to get a Wii U game, and it's going to have the Wii U banner on the top, and then right under it's going to say Super Smash Brothers, and then right under that it's going to say Wii U again? Like, what's the... I guess it wouldn't at that point. I guess it would just say Super Smash Brothers. Are they just calling yeah. it for Wii U and 3DS in, when they're outside the systems, and in the system, it'll just be Super Smash yeah, Brothers? Yeah, because otherwise they'd be referring to the N64 version. Yeah, it's confusing. Like, they need to just give it a name. I guess it's either for parents, like, oh, what are you getting? Oh, I'm getting Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. What are you getting? Super I, Smash Brothers for 3 Still, if they just gave it a name, that would resolve it. If they called it Super Smash Brothers 3D and Super Smash Brothers U, done. They have different stages. They have different uh, modes. They can pull off having different names. But I'm sure we're going to find out the name, if it's the same or different, as well as customer, or customer character customization and how compatibility work. I'm sure we're going to learn all that leading into or at E3. Sakurai's still doing daily Miiverse posts, and definitely they have stuff they haven't said, and that's not, you know, that's not, that's not unintentional. They are very clearly saving stuff for E3. So in June, I expect we'll have a big update. Of course, we'll be covering everything of any significance from Miiverse through E3, you know, all that here on the shows we've been doing. Uh, in the meantime, though, unless there's anything else you want to add about Smash... No, I think we covered everything. Yeah, we talked about it for a good 45 minutes. That's five more minutes than the Direct itself. That, you know our batting average with Nintendo Directs is usually if the Direct is like 20 minutes, we talk about it for 40. The Direct is half an hour, we talk about it for an hour on the show. So we're actually about minute for minute, almost right on time. Nice. So, yeah. So that either means so Sakurai we... talked way too long in his Direct, or we were very to the point in our analysis. Either way. Um... In the me- until we learn more about Smash Bros, though, in the meantime, we do have other news, as I was starting to say before, including an entirely separate Nintendo Direct. And uh, this Direct was, notably sh- was notably shorter, and probably like a million times weirder than the Smash Bros. Direct. And that was for uh, Tomodachi Life, which is now confirmed for North America and Europe. As you may recall, uh, last episode we were discussing how the game was basically as good as confirmed for the West, 
And now here we are with the official confirmation. So um, the game used to be called Tomodachi Collection, and we were saying in the last episode, oh, they're probably going to change the name to Friend Collection. Because Tomodachi, or Connection. No, it's Collection, not Connection. Really? You think it's Connection, it's Collection. Because you're collecting the Miis or your friends oh. in the game. That are connecting. But, but you could be do- well, they are connecting with one another, so I guess either one. I've collections what it's listed as on like game databases like IGN and Giant Palm and stuff. But either way, they decided to keep the Japanese part and change the English part, which is kind of what we didn't expect. So now it's called Tomodachi Life. And the reason they're keeping the Japanese name, Bill Tran was saying that it's because uh Tomodachi, granted it sounds a little like Tamagotchi, but Tomodachi can be a name that has some like meaning to it in the sense like Pokemon. What's a Pokemon? Oh, it's that Nintendo thing. The Wii. What's the Wii? Oh, it's that Nintendo thing. Tamodachi. Oh, it's that thing with your Miis that Nintendo does. Like, it can be a brand of itself. It can be its own identity. It can basically be its own identity. So, Yeah, because you just did Friend Life. It would sound like any it other... It sounds generic. It sounds like my... It sounds like it sounds those... like a Facebook app. It sounds like a Facebook app or one of those Ubisoft, like, Imagine Chef Learn to Cook or something. You know, all imagine those weird... Babies. Yeah, Imagine Babies with a Z. Raise your own freaky little baby thing that doesn't even look human but uh yeah so it, it's really smart that they actually kept the name now that i think about it but before we talk about the game itself can we just take a moment just just a moment to discuss the really bizarre like meme ready direct that was for this game like that was insane i mean i've never done drugs i'm not just saying that because i'm being recorded i literally have never done drugs but if i were to like do lsd or take an tab of acid i imagine it's a very similar experience to what some parts of this direct were i mean there was a moment in the direct where they were doing rapid fire montages to crazy guitar solos and like there were me's doing a tribal dance around the virtual boy like it was some sort of god there was reggie repeatedly going tomodachi 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 like seven times and inching towards your face like it was just bill trennan's me's face flew off his me and into outer space like someone at nintendo is high on something and they're not afraid to admit to show it in these. In this it's direct. like a it was TV nuts. sitcom, like a really weird one. Yeah, just it was me's. not even TV sitcom. Well, yeah, part, yeah part, that's what the whole game's about, though. But the direct, like, they really honed in on the absolute most weird things they could do, and it literally was like watching a drug trip. I feel like I don't ever need to try a drug because I now know what it's like. Yeah, I, without the side effects. At some point, I watched a. Um, it was like a musical sung by Morgan Freeman. And oh, I saw that video. Yeah, a me of Morgan someone Freeman. Wrote that whole you thing? can customize the lyrics of songs. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right, of course. Yeah. So the game itself—that's just one component. The game itself. Now that I vented about the drug trip of the direct, which, by the way, I immensely enjoyed, and it sold me on the game instantly, as I tweeted at the time. But uh, the game itself is kind of a mix of Animal Crossing and The Sims. We kind of touched on this last episode, but we have a bit more of a concrete understanding of it now. So um, you initially start the game by setting up a me, your me. Doing it, you get to pick its personality traits, pick its quirks. You get to fully customize its voice. You can pick the pitch, the speed, the intonation, which is kind of the same as, I guess, not really the same as pitch. Everything like it's a bunch. It's like five different sliders or ten different sliders. And you can really have a voice that like is yours, whether it's your real voice or like you on helium. That's up to you, but it will be like your me's voice. So once you do that, the me then is moves into this island, and that kind of turns into the Sims. He just kind of lives, or she just kind of lives about his life, interacting with other me's from your 3DS. You can either import friends, you know, you can import ones you have a friend and family or celebrities you've made. And Nintendo, I believe, is going to be sending out special me's as well of their developers and celebrities. For example, um, somewhat weirdly, Christina Aguilera is one of the first celebrity they've announced, and her me's in the promotional videos, and she tweeted about it. And they're going to be rolling out commercials with other me- celebrity me's, apparently. And I mm. think these can be downloaded, ultimately. 
I'm not sure. But what's interesting about that to me is the last time Nintendo did celebrity endorsements were, was the heyday of, like, major celebrity like this. Heyday of the Wii and the DS. Rhythm when Heaven. Right. Rhythm Heaven with Beyonce. That one didn't work out so well. But, like, all the, like, they had a ton. I, I'm blanking on all of them but Beyonce. They had Justin Bieber do the 3DS in the early days. They had, he, remember they put the 3DS in his music video? Yeah. And he was, like, going to the shopping cart full of them. Like, hey, a 3 Like, he was all excited before he went down the wrong road in life. But, um, uh, yeah, no, they used to do celebrity stuff all the time. Particularly in Europe, they had, um, wow, I can't remember anyone they had. They had really big names, though. Like, they had, like, major actors and I actresses. I want to say, didn't they have Wayne Brady? Well, that was recently, and that was Wii U, Wii Party, but that doesn't count. Oh. I'm talking about, like, Oscar-winning actors and actresses. Well, they had Robin Williams at yeah. one point. They Not had... The they had Nicole Kidman, that's what I was thinking of. They had Nicole Kidman promoting games in Europe. Like, they have very big names, so it's kind of cool to see them go back to that. But, well, it shows that Nintendo really wants to market this game if they're putting that much money into gang celebrities. But anyway, so you have your Miis celebrities or not they're in the world and then you kind of remove yourself your the game runs and the Mies do their thing you're in charge of making sure your Mies happy and feeding him and giving him gifts to enforce or condition certain behaviors for him to do certain things you can set scenarios like yeah you can set scenarios for him you can um play mini games with him for ex- uh for example there's like a football mini game so all that stuff is kind of like the sims more than animal crossing where it gets a little like animal crossing is you buy him clothes you buy him objects for their house and you get to customize how they look and that sort of thing so it's like it is really a hybrid but um what i found interesting that in an interview with ign bill trennan nintendo former head of nintendo localization now he's like their main product manager guy he was basically describing the game as like social media with gameplay which is a really interesting way of looking at it it's a passive he didn't say it, so this is how i'm interpreting it. it's a based on what I've read and seen, it's a passive video game. Isn't you it turn like it on to look at what's going on. Just like in social media, you will look at your Twitter feed to see what your friends are up to, or you'll go to Facebook to see what your friends are up to. Or I think in a Polygon interview, he referenced that you would, uh, he referenced that you would, you know, go to YouTube to see your friends' videos and see what wacky things they've done. With this, it's the same idea, except your friends are now these digital me's and they're living their own crazy lives that, where they do things that they'll never do in real life. Like, become rock stars. And they're like, oh, well, these two me that you put in there, will they get married? Will they get together? Yeah. And then there's like, oh, all these really weird things. Like, I think, like, Reggie's me wanted to get with Christina Aguilera. No, oh. no, 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 Samus. Oh, Samus. Samus. It was Samus, yeah. And then, like, Iwata wanted to... Oh. They all wanted Samus. Yeah, and, and then, then none Samus them. chose Iwata. Samus chose Iwata, yeah. Oh, Who emerged girl. out of the ocean, by the way, in a full wetsuit. Yeah. Bill Trendon wants Samus. Reggie then blocked his desires. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And then Iwata emerged out of the water and won. Of course, Samus has got to go with the president of Nintendo. That's the highest up person there. That's yeah. her ultimate boss. But, uh, yeah, so it's just like, it's kind of it's just kind of a cool thing that's like, it's not a game in the sense of what you're used to, in the sense that you're not really playing it. It's more like you're going to watch it and see what's going on. You can interact with it and affect things, but you're kind of just, it's running. It's like The Sims. It just kind of runs. Yeah, I mean, just like, based on just like looks, like, it definitely thought it was going to be like, oh, it just looks like Animal Crossing with Mies, but. Like, it's the more we got to know it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely its own thing. It's, you could definitely have both. Yeah, and it is way wackier. I didn't know it was possible for something to be, like, more ridiculous than Animal Crossing, which is pretty ridiculous. But this definitely, they're really, I mean, it's full of the super quirky Japanese humor, which they kept most of. They had to obviously change some stuff. For example, in Japan, they had, like, a sumo wrestling minigame, which, like I mentioned before, is now football. And they swapped out a bunch of the food and a bunch of the items for your house just to make it more American. And some of the, you know, some of the stuff that the Mies do. Yeah. But for the most part, they kept the wacky stuff, like giant me heads emerging out of the water. 
for no reason. That's still there. Faces flying mm. into space. That's still there. So I think I think it's going to be its own beast. But everyone, of course, is going to make comparisons to Animal Crossing. I wonder how much of a time sink this game is going to be. Because I mean, it doesn't. I mean, Animal yeah. Crossing that game is a huge time sink. But this yeah. sounds like. Like you said, you're just kind of watching your game play itself, and you're just... I mean, there is there are interactive elements. Well, yeah, but stuff, I mean, yeah, but... you, yeah, you're pretty much setting up the stage. It's like a playset. Yeah, you're just letting the toys do whatever they want. Yeah, it's like a playset, or like, you're, yeah, it's your own little... You, like, wind up the toys, and then let them go. Yeah, yeah so it's like, I don't know, I wonder how... Yeah. Well, what... Yeah, that, that's a good point. Because that was kind of the reason why I'm like, oh, it looks fun, but I don't know if I'm going to invest... I just want it, because it just seems so ridiculous. Especially <laughs> because it's going to come out after Mario Kart. Like the week after, literally. Yeah, like that, there's no way Seven I'm days not later. gonna not play Mario Kart. Yeah, but it, I I will say until that until Smash Brothers for 3DS comes out. But it seems like type of thing like if you want a break from Mario Kart, you just turn on this game and watch it almost like a TV show. So I don't know, but uh, I will say that we're making That's like the thing. There's, there's Pokemon on the 3DS. So. True, mm. like actual Pokemon cartoons. Yeah. No, 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 man. Like I could just be Pokemon. Oh, like. the game <laughs> that too. But I, I was gonna. Never ends. Yeah, I will say though that. Um, all these Animal Crossing comparisons, Nintendo's saying this up to be the next Animal Crossing. Even though it's pretty different, they're definitely trying to target it in the same way. I mean, it's a, kind of a similar premise of you're like living a life in a digital world, or in this case, you're watching a life being lived. But they're releasing it at the same time they did Animal Crossing New Leaf last year. It comes out June 6th, which is two weeks earlier than when they did Animal Crossing last year. And Animal Crossing was their big summer game. It got big, you know, good reviews, great sales, and now they're trying to, much like they did Bravely Default, where... A year after Fire Emblem, they released it the same week and got better sales than Fire Emblem got. They're now trying to do it again with uh, Tomodachi Life, I think. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense. They had a they have a proven formula of, oh, look, these games where you kind of invest a lot of time and customize things and really build out a world work best in the summer when people have the most time because they're off. So why don't we do it again with Tomodachi Life? Yeah. So we'll see how it does. I'm definitely, definitely getting it. Just, it's so ridiculous. The only problem is I don't have very many Miis on my 3DS, so... I assume it's auto-populated by random Miis if you don't have your own, but that kind of kills some of it, I Yeah, I think it wouldn't be interesting if you don't Yeah, know I feel like I'll just do... Yeah, I feel like I'll, like, just make... Steal a bunch of Nintendo... I got, actually, no. If they can pull it from Street Pass opposed to your Mii Plaza, opposed to me having, like, manually move them to the Mii Plaza, I have, like, 3,000 people in my That's Street Pass. just as bad as them making random Miis. No, not entirely, because if they do it based on frequency of Street Passes... Yeah, it's not like I know the people that I Actually, I know some of the people. Like, some of the people I've shoot past so many times, I recognize them. If you follow me on Twitter, there's a guy. The guy who was first in line for the PlayStation 4 at the official launch in New York street passed with me once, and then again. Like, every time I go to New York, like, once a mm. year, I keep passing him. Yeah, that, I don't know how that's I even possible, I going to make his Miami's more special in Tomodachi life. No, but it'd be cool if Miami's interacting with him. Like, oh, it's that guy. Oh. Like, that's all. Mm. It's not gonna like make or break it, but you know. Whatever floats your boat. That's what floats my boat. That's what that is. What floats my boat. <laughs> but yeah, so that comes out uh, June sixth. Like I said, of course, before that, and this is the final coverage we're gonna do of this before it comes out. There is Mario Golf World Tour on May second, and we've talked about single players, so there's nothing we can say about that. We talked about local multiplayer, so that's out. What we haven't talked about, and what Nintendo just revealed very quietly via a press release that just kind of snuck out, is online tournaments. Now, in the past, they have said you can set up your own tournaments in private communities, much like in Mario Kart 7, where you can turn on certain items, turn on certain modes, use certain characters, that sort of thing. But what they haven't discussed is what they, as a company, Nintendo, will be doing. So using Spot Pass, they're actually going to be hosting a whole bunch of different tournaments. Um, there'll be large ones where it's just like, you know, straight-up golf, and you do, like, your score in 18 holes or whatever. But they're also going to do specific things like longest drive challenges and coin-gathering challenges and speed golf, whatever that actually is. 
And uh, each tournament has its own leaderboard. You can check it anytime as you play. So you can actually go back and boost your score before it runs out. And they'll be sending out spot pass notifications of new tournaments and updates. And So it's going to be like an actual thing where you're constantly looking at your 3DS because they keep remind almost like push notifications on like an iOS game except in Mario Golf. But what's more interesting than that, at least to me, is Nintendo's teaming up with a real-life golf company, golf equipment company, Callaway Golf, and they're going to do a special series of tournaments within Mario Golf on May 22nd. And anyone who plays them gets uh, in-game Callaway, uh, like Callaway items for their character. So you get Callaway golf balls, you get Callaway clubs, and they will boost the stats of your character. Now, it only works with Miis. You could equip them to anyone, but the stat boost only happens with Miis. But what's interesting about this is Nintendo does not... You would normally it doesn't seem like Nintendo does these sort of partnerships. Like how often have they done product placement within their games, right? Pikmin had batteries from Duracell and stuff like that. Oh, that's the Pikmin only one 2, I could yeah. that's the only one I could think of. Oh Pikmin two had a bunch. They yeah. had the 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 it's like a Kiwi polish or something. The, Kiwi polish? It was Kiwi brand polish. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, they had a ton because they yeah. even talked about it in interviews that they, they, had they wanted chapstick, they yeah. had they want it to be, like, real life, so they put yeah. real objects. But with this, this seems totally out of left field, but in reality, like, I kind of set up my own little story here. In reality, it's actually for Mario Golf, it's common. I don't know... Well, you never played Toadstool Tour until recently, right? No. Right. So, when it first came out, the GameCube version of Mario Golf, um, they had a number of hidden courses in the game. These weren't just normal hidden courses. Like, you, you have to get them with these, like, 26-digit-long codes. You go to Target, you go to Hollywood Bay. If you buy the game at those places, you get the code. If you rent the game from Hollywood Bay, you'd get the code. If you go online and steal the code from someone else, you get the code. And the code is a universal code, so anyone could use it any number of times. But in the game, when you unlock the course, they weren't just new courses. They were, like, the Target course with a Target logo. The Hollywood Video course with, like, a Hollywood Video name on it and everything. Mm. So Mario Golf seems to have a history of doing this. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people, when they, those who saw this press release, once again, it wasn't really publicized that much. It just kind of silently pushed out there. Those who saw it probably went, why is Nintendo doing this? This is weird. But for Mario Golf, it's actually really common. Or not really common, but they've done it before in a more extreme way. Like, this one makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's a golf company. The other is, like, the Hollywood video course, which for some reason was, like, a desert. You know, it speaks volumes about the video, the <laughs> video rental industry when your course is an empty desert with yeah, nothing they, they in it. This. What? They foresaw. Yeah, clearly. They were telling them their future. Meanwhile, Target was like lush and green. Oh. Much like their banks, their bank uh, accounts, I'm sure. Very green. But, uh, yeah, so... I actually still have all those codes. In my Mario Golf case, like if I open the case... You know how like where the instruction manual is on the left? Yeah. There's actually like a piece of paper there, written like some hotel notepad or something. That I wrote out like 17 different codes. Because they also offered them through like Mario Golf's website and through like IGN. Like everyone had custom codes. It's like a gotta catch them all sort of thing. I don't think I played more than three of the courses, though, but I have all the codes. Um, but yeah, so I think the tournaments are super cool. The Callaway thing's interesting, but the tournaments in general, the fact that Nintendo's actually doing like a almost like a call-and-response sort of thing where it's like you play, they respond with more stuff, you go back and play again. Like That's that's kind of cool that they're trying to make it really back and forth so you're like constantly invested in the game. Yeah. I mean, as far as they're concerned, once you own the game, what difference does it make, you would think? Didn't um, Mario Kart we have a tournament? Mode of some sort? Yeah, they did a similar thing. Like, they would... Mario Kart Wii had the Mario Kart channel, and they'd push ghost data, they'd push tournament information. So this is, like, a improved version of that. I loved how they sent in, like, modded tracks that were, yep. like, completely different yeah. that weren't in the game. See, I would... I really hope Mario Kart 8 does this, too. If the, they don't, it'd be a step thing. down. Yeah, it would be a huge step down. And I think they might. They haven't really talked about online outside of just standard racing. So it could definitely be there. Um, oh, it is worth mentioning. I just It just occurred to me. Here's why Nintendo wants you to keep coming back and why they're going to be doing tournaments. 
they very quickly pulled this, but for a brief time on the eShop, they listed paid DLC for Mario Golf. Not actually listed it. They didn't say, like, here's the courses. They had bullet points of features, and they're like, yeah, additional courses through paid DLC. So you think Mario Golf, you're getting a full package. Either you're not getting a full package or they're enhancing it later mm. on. But one way or another, they already have DLC planned for the game. They quickly pulled it from the eShop. I believe Amazon, if you still go to Amazon, look at the product listing on there. I think it still says DLC somewhere. Hmm. They might have pulled it from there too, but it was on the eShop for like a day. Go Nintendo spot it. I mean, it makes sense for a golf game to have. It does. I mean, and I bet you Mario Kart. can't really run out of ideas for no. golf, tri- golf I, courses. I bet so. you Mario Kart's going to have it too. Mario Kart 8. They're not going to say it till like summer, but I guarantee they've already really? baked it in. That's kind of cool. I mean, considering that we already know it has the same number of tracks as all the other Mario Kart games, extra tracks. Are well, I mean, cool. Nintendo's finally getting DLC. I mean, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, when we get to that, that's all DLC. Like, Nintendo gets DLC now, so I'd be shocked if Mario Kart didn't have it. Although, then again, it's also dependent on what the team wants to do. Like, uh,. Deki Kono, who does Mario Kart, always has said he's not huge on DLC, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe not. But I, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Um, one final bit about Mario Golf is this coming Thursday on April 24th, there will be a demo on the eShop. The demo's already out in Europe, but for us North Americans, we get it then. So be on the lookout for that. We would share impressions, but by the time our next episode rolls around, the game's out. So oh. we'll, we'll figure that out. May when does it come out? May 2nd. Oh. Same day as Kirby Triple Deluxe. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. My birthday weekend. Well, the Friday of my birthday weekend. My birthday is the Monday, but whatever. Uh, so that's that's kind of it for first party news. There was some third party news, just some little tidbits. Uh, one is that Atlas announced their first Wii U game, sort of. It's uh, it's called Citizens of Earth, and it's coming to Wii U as well as 3DS, as well as PC, as well as Vita, as well as PS4. So it's not a, 3D, a Wii U exclusive, but it is Atlas's first title on the system. It's a eShop download only title. It's a uh, it's called Citizens of Earth. And it's kind of an Earthbound style RPG. Like straight up, the developer Eden Industries has said in the past they were influenced by Earthbound when they made this game. So it originally was a Kickstarter project, and then it failed. Hmm. And then Atlas went, "Hold on, we kind of like this," and they foot the bill, and now they're publishing it. It should be out later this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, this isn't the only story of something like this happening. There's another game I don't remember what it was, but a game that was I think coming to Wii U. Canceled its kick for uh, kick funder kick funder Kickstarter and returned the funds to everyone because a angel investor was like, "I'm gonna do it for you guys. I'm gonna pay. I I see the potential. I'll get something in return. Yes, I will do it." So mm. you know, Kickstarter isn't just for fans to po- promote things; it's for companies to connect with bigger money, <laughs> yeah. bigger money, bigger mm. suits. Hopefully, so, running a kid gets some luck soon. Yeah, Colt County is not doing so well at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which. Uh, if you guys haven't supported Colt County on Kickstarter yet, it's, I mean, it's, Renegade Kid's a good developer. We we like him a lot. So go check out that Kickstarter. It's a cool Have you game. backed it? Not yet, but I back nothing. I think I've only backed my number nine. Oh. Like, I don't back. But just generally speaking, it's a good, like, they're a good developer. So if you do like Kickstarting things, do it. <laughs> you yeah. could back for them. You Kickstarted them. Yeah. They're, well, all the games I've played so far, I mean, I haven't played, um, Moon, but I'm really excited for that game. Which isn't out yet, as we discussed last week. Yeah, it's Or last episode. (laughs) Really curious about the ATV games. I did really... They're okay. I really enjoyed an ATV game on the PS1 a long time ago. I just had so much fun with it. It was simple. I mean, I'm assuming this one isn't going to be as complicated. Yeah. It's like a kart racer with ATVs, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I just always like ATV 
right. game. So. Oh, but back to this, I just realized we didn't even talk about Citizens of Earth. We got like yeah. we're like, hey, there's this Earthbound thing. inspired game. With so yeah, mayor, so man. not even a mayor. He's the vice president of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The vice president of the world. So basically, what happens is the world's gone crazy. So apparently, there's been some sort of takeover, and as the Veep of the world, it's your job to go and recruit 41 different characters. Not 40, 41. They won't. They're gonna do 40, and then they threw in one more. The wonderful 41. The wonderful 41. You go and recruit them, and you fight back. And these characters are wacky. There's like a Sasquatch, and like all these other weird characters. Like the game, what it does borrow from Earthbound, besides the rough like how it plays out. Like the battles look similar. The um, there's no random encounters. You see the enemies on the map like in Earthbound. It has kind of the same like character movement when you're on the overworld. All that's pretty Earthboundish. As is the humor. That's the big one. The humor is very Earthbound. Um, and one other thing that's kind of worth so knowing... subliminal and hidden messages? And just, like, silly. Oh. But, presumably, uh, I mean, hidden messages aren't exactly the humor of... I guess, yeah. Beating a dog with a bat. That sort of, Okay, well, that's a little weird. I don't think they'll be beating dogs with bats. Especially because the graphics aren't the same, like... Oh, it's 16-bit. You're just being some pixels with some other pixels. This is, like, HD art. So, if you're being a dog with a bat... Well, there wasn't even, like, like, graphics to talk about. It just said, like, use bat on dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, for for this one at least, uh, the game's full HD artwork. It's gonna have real time lying effects. It's gonna have a changing weather system. It's gonna have a day and night system. It's Earthbound in style, but not in looks. It's its own beast in looks. So, um, like I said, it's coming to a whole bunch of systems later this year. It's probably worth keeping an eye on if you're an Earthbound fan. Uh, it it also it's another eShop game. You know, from a company that will actually release it for real in the near future. That seems to be a right problem. There's, we always talk about eShop games that are being announced, but the likelihood that they're out anytime in the foreseeable future is usually like one no, percent. How many games are already supposed to be out by this point that got delayed? Uh, like least... everything that was supposed to be out by now. Really? No. <laughs> that isn't that helpful. How many games? You, I just realized how dumb that conversation began. How many games are supposed to be out by now that got delayed? All the ones that were supposed to be out by now. Uh, I mean, the e-com. Shovel Knight, Armillo, Shantae, Cube, Director's Cut. Uh, Tesla grad. Ballpoint Universe. Ballpoint Universe. Yeah, there's a lot. I don't wow. know what's going on. But but this one, since it has a major publisher behind it, it will be out when it's supposed to. Similarly, Child of Light will actually... Drought. Yeah, I know. Child of Light will also be out for real on its date later this... I think April 30th, since Ubisoft is publishing it. They don't mess around for release dates. Unless you're Cloudberry Kingdom, then they apparently don't care about your release or, date, and they delay you 17 times, and it's still not out on Or Rayman. Or Rayman. Or Watch Dogs. Great transition unintentionally. Well, Ubisoft doesn't mess around with its really states. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Watch Dogs. Yeah, or Watch Dogs. Because here's what's going on with Watch Dogs. It's coming, as we've discussed previously, the Wii U version's been delayed. And, uh... Indefinitely. Indefinitely, we thought. Maybe not. Oh. Ubisoft's official online store, and this is all we really have to say about it, but Ubisoft's official online store has said that it's coming this fall. Maybe I am shocked. just forgot. No, it's it's coming this fall because the store said it. Uh, a com- one some website, Nintendo enthusiasts or Polygon, one of those guys reached out to Ubisoft and they said, "Yep, that's the plan. It's real. It's a thing. It's happening. It's happening." But uh, are you still interested in thing? Because I remember you were excited about the game. Well, it, I've, I've lost, lost interest. Yeah, it sounds the like the game changed. No, the game changed. The Everything they promised is about half of what they promised. Did you see the new PS4 footage? It looks nothing like the initial Target renders at all. Well, it's not like. I mean, there were, weren't they just originally showing computer graphics anyway, and it's not like... Yeah, but what they said is that's how... To do anyway. But they said this is how we expect it to look next-gen, and now it looks very close to a PS3 game. But, I mean, it's a little better. But obviously Wii U graphics are an issue, which is why that doesn't bother me. But it seems like some of the ambitious stuff they did 
might not be as crazy ambitious. It might just be like Assassin's Creed with a cell phone. Yeah. Is what I've heard some people say. However, I'm still, like. <laughs> I'm still interested in it. I'm just not like dying to play it. But the fact that it's existing on Wii U still, as of right now at least, is kind of shocking. I would never have guessed. I mean, it does lead to a bigger question, though, that let's say it does get released, right? It comes out on PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS3, PC on May 27th. That's next month. And then it's four or five months till the Wii U version? Yeah. Is that the same, basically, as vaporware? Like, yeah, they're sending it to die. I mean, is there any chance under any circumstance that this won't be a flop on Wii U? Like, they might as well not release. I mean, they should release it because I'm still curious, and I'm sure there's... 15 other Wii U owners out there who want to play maybe 16 but I just like it seems like Ubisoft is saying this to die like you said hmm. I don't know like is this and then is Ubisoft going to use this as an excuse to fully drop Wii U because they have no games coming to the Wii U right now that I'm aware of there's literally nothing from Ubisoft Channel Bite. okay that's in two weeks but after that this week actually but after that there's nothing that I'm aware of besides Watch Dogs besides Watch Dogs they haven't really announced anything for anyone, really. They're kind of in a quiet period. But either way, if, if Watch Dogs flops, they're going to go, well, see, we did it, we brought it, and no one bought it, we're out. But it's kind of like, yeah, you brought it five months late. Yeah. And half-baked, probably. So, I don't know. It's it, We've talked about this in the past, it's just kind of a frustrating situation, because I guarantee Ubisoft is going to leverage this as a reason not to support the Wii U anymore. Unless the Wii U suddenly has a crazy sales renaissance. Which it's not, as evident by March NPD numbers. Which segues us into our next thing. Only I'm on fire Mar- with these. Only Mario Kart and Smash Bros. could maybe do something about Mario Kart this. will be the first test in a I month. I mean, they'll still make that bundle that UK... Where they have the game and the system for the I think that's like price. the easiest way for people to just get like, yep. oh, Mario Kart and Wii U. I'm pretty sure they're going to do that. Or they're going to do something like the Wii U will still be bundled with... Like, they're going to do some sort of retail bundle where it's like, Nintendo will technically give you the current bundle. You get Mar- two Mario games, New Super Mario Bros. U and Mario U... And a Wii U for three hundred dollars. It's three hundred, right? Yeah. But look at this: Best Buy, Target, Walmart. Everyone's all throwing in a free Mario Kart. How are they doing that? Because Nintendo's telling them to. That's what I expect them to do. I don't think they're actually going to make a new bundle necessarily. Hmm. They might. Hmm. I would. I would be happy to be wrong. But I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to make it look like it's like retailers are offering a good deal. Because then people will think it's limited, and then people will go, "Oh, I have to go buy that this week only." Like each retailer might do it a different week or something. They've done stuff like that before. Yeah. So, we'll see. But uh, in terms of sales numbers, since I did do my beautiful transition, it was AAA top tier, like a fine wine or cheese or something. Anyway, March MPD numbers. Uh, So, as we always do every month, the MPD, which tracks sales for video game industry, put out their numbers, and here we are to talk about them. So, uh, overall, March 2014 actually did pretty decent for itself on a general level. It was up 3% compared to last year, which is impressive considering it had fewer big-name games released. Last year, they were like 8 or 9. This year, is like 6. Now, because there are only like 6, software sales were down 28%. But the industry as a whole was up. So, take that no, as you will. That's new. Usually... Uh, yeah, it's been down lately. I mean, the 3DS re- is doing amazing. All the Xbox and PS4 are selling pretty well. Oh, but the industry is down. Yeah, no, the industry's up. But software's mm-hmm. down, so... And the uh, part of the reason the industry's mm-hmm. up are those next-gen systems, though. Like, the... Um, the First, we should probably talk, talk about the top 10 games. Unsurprisingly, Titanfall, which uh, Microsoft's been marketing like mad. That was the number one game of the month. But what's interesting is that the best-selling system was an Xbox One, even though that was the top game. Best-selling system was still PS4. Even though Xbox One had the big game, PS4 had the better sales. Which says a lot. That was a better PS4. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they had Infamous Second Son that came out as well, but that did not have the same hype as Titanfall. You could not escape Titanfall. I saw it everywhere. I feel like a lot of Titanfall's hype is manufactured, though. I feel like ever since E3, it was always, like, the game media and, like, big companies like Microsoft or, like, their promotional partners always being like, Titanfall, this is the next great thing. Titanfall, Titanfall. And then I never it heard has it from, mechs. I never heard it. It's basically Call of Duty that has mechs randomly drop on your head every so often. But, like, I never heard real hype on a level. Like, it hasn't, like, gone into the mainstream. Like, yeah, sure, Titanfall, it's known. But it's not like it was all over yeah, mainstream. And, and it wasn't, it, like, on Mashable or Yahoo. Yeah, I mean, that's was like, a person that I knew that already had an Xbox One or was specifically yeah, looking no forward to that game. Yeah, I didn't even hear it on the same level, like maybe like Smash Bros. and Wii, where I heard people yeah. that don't even own the console that plan to get it were still talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't like bridge the gap between like the Xbox people and like just maybe the had general hype. zeitgeist of America or whatever. Yeah, this niche hype. Kind yeah, like it, was, it was manufactured hype. Like, I mean, a lot of people are hyped for Ultra Street Fighter 4, but you don't really hear about it anywhere. It's just the right, people. Right, it's those people. Know. Yeah, so I mean, as a result, it sold well to those people, and it was number one. But PS4 still is the better selling system overall. What's interesting is PS4 Life to Date, since it came out in November, has sold 7 million units in total, yeah, which lot. is, that's a lot. It's more than what the Wii U has sold since it came out a year and a half which is ago. Uh, the last three? official number from Nintendo was 5.8. Six maybe five point six million. That was in February. So let's or January at the financial briefing. So let's assume. Let's assume we'll take the U.S. numbers we had the last couple months. Let's just assume it was a hundred thousand, right? A hundred thousand a month in the U.S. It's that or a hundred thousand. Let's say two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Either way, it's still a million less than what PS4 is at. Now the good news is it's still ahead of Xbox One because somehow Xbox One has only shipped, not sold, shipped as in gone to retailers, but not off their shelves to consumers. 5 million. So it's somewhere behind by... It's over 2 million behind in terms of sales to consumers. Which, quite frankly, I tweeted about this actually recently, but I'm surprised the console race is this clear-cut already. Like, most console wars is like neck and neck right at the start. This one is very clearly... You know, when they release at the same time. Like, GameCube and uh, Xbox would really, like, go back and forth the first couple of years. This one is just like, yep, PS4 won. Okay. Like, 2 million right off the bat's a huge difference. Granted, things could shift down the road, but right now, that's that's a noticeable difference. Um, but then again, this is a Nintendo podcast, so we should probably, probably talk about Nintendo. And, uh, well, there's not, <laughs> there's not much to say about Nintendo, because they chose not to release any of their numbers officially. They once again didn't which do a press release, which means it was yeah. I Thanks to some leaks, we actually have a lot of the numbers. Or what no, we think are the goes, numbers. We almost always get the leak now. Yeah, these leaks in particular, though, these come from a very reputable so- source. It's uh, David Gibson. He's a Research guitar analyst. manufacturer? Yeah, he, he makes guitars and does Nintendo's financials. No, he's a uh, he's a research analyst over in Japan. He's the one that live tweets all Nintendo's financial briefings. Oh. So, like, he's a legitimate guy. And he just straight up said the numbers in a tweet. And I was like, what? You can do that? So, um, Wii U sales are at 70,000 for the month of March, which is actually up 4.5% compared to a year ago, where it was 67,000. So, hey, it went up a hair. Um, now, the, the thing to keep in mind is that even though it's about flat, there were zero no releases in March this year. Last year's March had Monster Hunter, which did sell systems a little. Woo. So, um, when you look at it that way, it's not horrible that the Wii U sold a little bit better with no games. Now, I would argue that um, some of the sales they did get were residual Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze sales. Because, you know, that game came out, that, was, that game was out late February, so some of it obviously spilled into March. 
and also they have a beef a beefed up lineup now compared to a year ago. So it's understandable that it's a little better. Just you would think it would sell a little better than that still. Like that's that's not that great. And another potential cause for concern for um, oh, and speaking of Don Crunch, probably mentioned we don't know its software that has not leaked. Mm-hmm. So we know in February it did pretty well in a week. It sold like a hundred hundred thousand something. But no idea how it did in March, if, if it fell off or if it continued. Um, what we do know, though, is that Nintendo, in general, their console sales aren't so hot. So Wii did what it did, and the Wii sold 28,000 in March. For comparison, that Nintendo... Like yeah, for comparison, if you combine all Nintendo's consoles, not handhelds, just the Wii and Wii U, they sold less than 100,000 units in a month where Xbox One sold... 311,000 units, and PS4 sold somewhere above that that Sony didn't disclose. Hmm. So they sold a, under a third of what the other guys sold between two systems, one of which used to be the most popular thing on the planet, and the other which, well, we know what the Wii U is. <laughs> so that's not so great. And on the 3DS side, it's kind of a similar situation. Sure, they managed to sell 159,000 units, which on paper, oh, that's half of what the Xbox One sold, and that system's over many years old, but that's 31% less than what they sold a year ago. Hmm. Now, um, if you look at Nintendo's like total hardware for the month of March, I did some digging. I pulled up one of our old outlines from last year and compared the numbers. This is the Jason difference. This is the Jason <laughs> difference. Uh, they didn't... You can Anyway, what I was going to say is when you compare the numbers, it's very clear why they didn't bother putting out a press release. Last March, between all their systems, which included at the time the DS, which wasn't discontinued yet, they sold 475,000 pieces of hardware. This year, 237,000. Or, sorry, 257,000, I can read. So they went from 400 to 200. Definitely not something right home with more games out on both systems to choose from. So definitely not something right home about. Uh, leak numbers also say that their software revenue in March of just retail, not eShop, because that can't be tracked by anyone but Nintendo, that was down 16%, which is not good either. Mm. However, to Nintendo's credit, last year it may have been higher because they had two major games come out: Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Both came out on 3DS a week apart in March, and together they sold 510,000 copies mm. between the two of them. So, you know, th- this year they didn't have that. They had Yoshi's New Island as the sole game in March, and leaked numbers put it at 160,000 copies. And that's strictly retail, not eShop as well. Um, if we looked at the top 10 by individual game and not by, you know, by like individual SKU and not by lumping games together across platforms, it uh, Yoshi would actually be number 10 on the list. But still, year last year, Luigi's Mansion was higher than number ten. Pokemon was higher than number yeah, ten. Yeah, you still have to peg me as like a a high seller and unlike Luigi's yeah, Mansion. Yeah, and, and that one hundred sixty thousand figure is both the standalone software and the bundled three DS XL. You know how they made the special Yoshi three DS. Yeah. So that's that's or wait the three DS didn't come with it Yoshi. Yeah, it was just... But that's that number's. I'm what I meant to say is they bundled those together into that one number. That number is both the three DS and the game. It's not just the game by itself. And it is not including the eShop, but still. That's, yeah. So yeah, you can see why Nintendo's kind of struggling. So it, it kind of makes you wonder how's Nintendo going to take care of this in the short term. Long term, we'll find out their financial meeting their next for their end of their fiscal year. But short term, they're doing a couple new promotions that may help, and they're already underway. On a 3DS, company just announced that they're dropping permanently dropping the price of a number of their big, biggest games by uh, $10. So for twenty nine ninety nine now you get Mario Kart Seven, you get Super Mario Three D Land, Super, New Super Mario Brothers Two, uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf, and Donkey Kong Country Returns Three D. Yeah, I was hoping for something I didn't have. Or... Yeah, Donkey Kong Country Returns Three D. Yeah. You have Wii, but not Three D. Yeah. They rhyme, but they're not the same. 
Uh, actually, they are kind of the same. It's really hard to buy one when you're I know, 100% of the other. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so each of those games are now cheaper. And it, that's significant because Kart, Land, and New Super Mario Bros. 2, in that order, are the top three selling 3DS games here in the U.S. So if Nintendo's not dropping the price on those, those are the ones that are enticing to people, clearly, because they're the best selling. So hopefully a cheaper price... Anyone get, that was on the fence is going to be like, well... Right. Hopefully a cheaper price might help convince people to pick them up or pick up a system to play them on. I know it's only like a difference of 30 bucks if you get all three. Like, that's what you're saving. But, you know, it's the little things that count. And if they do promotions with Target or whatever for like a $100 2DS, 130 bucks you get what would normally cost for just a normal 3DS. So yeah. it's not a bad deal. And on top of that, they have the other promotions. They had that Pokemon X and Y promotion they were doing last month where you get it for free if you buy other games. X and Y is the best-selling 3DS game... Fast, sorry, fastest-selling 3DS game ever. 12 million copies since it came out in October worldwide. Wow. And the thing about that is, again, Nintendo knows what matters, and they're willing to actually offer deals on it in order to entice people. Like, usually Nintendo would do this with games that, you know, like, it's like five years after whatever, and they make it player's choice. You know, they do the budget line, or Nintendo yeah. Select is what they do on Wii. They're doing it earlier now, and they're doing it with newer games. I mean... Animal Crossing and Donkey Kong aren't even a year old. Pokemon X and Y is half a year old, and they're already offering discounts. So that's one way they're trying to tackle their issue with uh, sales. The other way, on the Wii U front, is they're just going to keep keep promoting the games that are already out, which is something they tend not to do, mm. with the exception of, like, Mario Kart. I feel like they, you know, they push a game for a little while, and then they just let it fall off completely. But what they're doing now is they're going to keep promoting Wii Fit U and Wii Sports Club. They're actually, right now, the day this podcast goes live, uh, they are at the White House Easter egg roll, which is like, you know, the Obamas like host an Easter egg hunt at the White House with National Park Service. And Nintendo is there with demos of Wii Fit You and Wii Sports Club showing them off to the people there. And you might think, what? That's weird. Well, first, because Michelle Obama is obsessed with eating healthy, the theme of this Easter egg hunt is, I'm just going to read the title, hop into healthy, swing into shape. So it makes sense. Sounds that we... like the perfect fit for... Yeah, yeah. so that's why we fit you and we Sports Club are there, because it kind of fits. And plus, the place is crawling with A, media, and B, parents who have little kids. Look at all these active ways your kids can be healthy without having to, you know, go out of eyesight. They can play the game go on Go outside. The... Yeah, yeah. It's just like, they don't even have to go outside. But no, it's it's kind of smart. Like, protective and don't want your kids leaving the house? Yeah. Really? Are you worried if your kid leaves, they're going to disappear forever? Well, guess what? They don't have to leave. Ever. <laughs> So it's just kind of a lot of those things. Like you know, it's a minor thing, but little things like this where they're gonna get attention because you know the Easter egg hunts all over the news. So if Nintendo, if Nintendo's strategic with where their booth is placed, they could you know they could get We Fit logos in the background of Obama talking. Probably not, but you never know. So it's it's kind of a smart move, and it shows that they're wanting to promote old games, which they don't tend to do too much. So especially after that could help. We Fit You did. Yeah, We Fit You kind of bombed. So the fact that they're willing to give it another push, and I don't know why they released it. In- kind of. They release it at the wrong time of year. This is when you release it. Yeah, it's, I mean, either way, it's a little disheartening just seeing like, like oh, we fit and Brain Age were like the system sellers like back then when the they were one trick ponies. That's the problem. Yeah, and then now it's like kind of the opposite. Yep, they were one trick ponies, and their trick was over. Yeah. <laughs> the pony evolved into a or evolved. The pony grew into a horse, a very lazy horse that no one cares about. <laughs> but I was gonna say that. Um, what was I gonna say? How do you? Oh yeah. I think I think part of the mistake is they should not have released We Fit You how they did. I understand they want to get out for the holidays to have something for every type of gamer, but We Fit came out in April of whatever year, two thousand eight, and it did gangbusters. It might help if you try and mimic at least the period 
of time that you're releasing the game. Like, the reason we fit did well is it's spring. People are going outside and starting to be fit again. They're looking into ways to stay fit when they're not walking outside or jogging. So we fit will do it. This time it's spring. You have an activity monitor thing that you can clip while walking around for WeFit. You should promote that, which they're now doing. So we'll see how that goes. But this is all really just a taste of uh, how Nintendo's going to do stuff going forward. On May 7th, is their big fis end of fiscal year financial briefing where they'll break down how they did for the year, which, as we know, they had to drop sales expectations pretty quickly for both 3DS and Wii U, mostly Wii U. Um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to explain how they're going to address that. They're going to probably announce things at the last financial briefing they did at the end of their fiscal year. That's where they announced no E3 press conference. So I don't know what they're going to announce this year. Maybe more information on the quality of life part, but whatever it is, that happens May 7th, and our episode after that, we will, of course, be discussing it. Originally, I thought we'd be talking about it next episode, but it turns out Nintendo delayed their briefing. They usually hold it end of April. This year, they're doing it second week of May. So, hmm. interpret that how you will. I don't know if they need more time to spin. If they need more time to come up with excuses. If they need more time to decide if they're firing our water. Who knows? But they never actually set a date for late April, but it's been traditionally late April for years. So, it's interesting that's bumped. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we'll, of course, cover it. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, and that does it for news. We do have Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, though. Rusty. Rusty. So that's what we've both been playing. There's that, not much that, else to that, play. That, that game, it didn't... Like, it's a game about buying games. It, it didn't... I don't know, it kind of... I don't want to say it irked, because it didn't get me angry, obviously, but it was just... I don't know, it was just weird. I don't know. How do I don't know. You considered it not a real deal, but a raw deal? Yeah, I guess I just didn't like it. <laughs> See, I didn't mind... Okay, well, first... The weird thing about it is if you're going into it expecting it to be a baseball game, yes, there is baseball. But in my opinion, it's a game about buying games and then playing the games you bought and then going and buying more games I and then playing those games I guess and doing that like, ten I don't, times. Like, I don't like the idea of like making a game out of the purchase of games with real money. It's the most meta game ever because the it's, game's like, I need your money. I mean, it's not like I'm against the idea, but it just didn't seem... Fun, I guess. I don't know. I just wanted... I didn't mind it. I kind of thought no. it was clever, but... Well, to explain it for anyone who hasn't tried it yet, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball centers around this guy named Rusty Slugger. He's a former pro baseball playing dog. Again, as we said when we first when this was first unveiled, I didn't know that was a thing, but okay, sure. Um, and he's going through some stuff in his life, some not so good stuff. His wife is leaving him. He has to uh, care for ten pups. He was busy. He has to care for ten different pups, all of whom, by the way, are variations of the name Rusty. One, the best one by far is R U S T space T E E, but there's also like Rusta, rusted. Rusty. Yeah, there's rusted, rust, and then they have like female ones that are like I don't remember. Hey, rustet. Rustet. Yeah, that made me think of Toadette when I saw it the mm -hmm. first time. But so you're so he he uh, he needs money. He's a washed up baseball player. He's probably had a drug problem at one point, but Nintendo will never actually say that. And this is where the villain is introduced. And the villain's you. Yeah, because I mean... That's what's weird. You're the antagonist. The game is about Rusty, and then you come in as this bad guy, and like, I want to rip you off. Yeah, the game, I don't know, it just feels like... First of all, the game, to me, just felt really desperate for money. I don't know why. Like, I just, like, whether it was, like, supposed to be tongue-in-cheek or not. It was. I mean, obviously it was. But, but, but the problem is it didn't necessarily come off as that. Yeah. Because if it, you it, didn't, if you had to go, is it? There's a problem. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, it's tongue-in-cheek. But, but like, if you questioned it, that means other people But I mean, like, it. the way, like, I mean, I wasn't, like... I mean, I knew it was, like... I knew I wasn't supposed to take it seriously. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, just like, just playing like, oh man, like, I really need you to like, to sell this game. I need to sell like this. Because like, they really like. The game's about selling it, games, it's not about it, baseball. It feels like I was like, 
push like really hard to buy this game and then they're like and then like the kid's like oh let me help you rip my dad off like, Wait, it's but so weird it's like but doesn't he need the money like like do I want his kids to starve and then yeah well here's so that you win by you win by like paying the least amount of money to yeah. the dad over the most and what's weird so so the reason he's wants your money just go back to the story because that's what I find so bizarre about this the story is the story is funny I like it I, I think the story like I feel like I would be I mean I don't I wasn't really compelled enough to like bother buying any of the mini right. games. So you only have about five minutes, ten minutes of experience with like the game, 15, maybe twenty. 20. Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of like, and it, it is just well to written. get to that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give them. I mean, I got to go play. Ahead. I mean, I got to play with the haggling mechanic and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I or mean, a basic form of it. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I'm okay with mini game collections, but usually when they're multiplayer, I'm not really that big of a fan when it's just like or single. Yeah, and in, and WarriorWare, that's like my only exception, just because they're so um, rapid they're fire just and so, crazy. It's yeah. just so different. This is this reminded me of WarioWare. Yeah, it, it just kind of didn't. Most of reminded me of it. The only reason I would want to go further is just for the story, just because it looks same. Wacky. But yeah, the, okay. So really quick, first, it reminds me of WarioWare in the sense that it's very self-referential to to uh, yeah. Nintendo. In the game, Rusty just a bit of the backstory, but so Rusty needs money, as I was saying, and to do that. Um, he decides, well, kids like video games. Maybe I can get them to buy video games. And who knows? Maybe I can reintroduce them to the great sport of baseball. So he uh, works with a company called Nintendo. That's yeah. with an O. And they make games for him. And you think of they, 4DS? A 4DS, which is a 3DS that skipped a, a dimension, basically. And you go inside it, and that's how you play games. You're like literally in the 4DS. It's the fourth dimension. But there's all these weird little in-jokes about Nintendo. Like there's Nintendo. Nintendo Powers magazine and there's all like throughout the game it's just kind of sprinkled in there he makes references to Nintendo themselves as a toy company not as a game maker because mm. you know the uh, the pitching machine that Nintendo yeah. used to make uh, that's the first in the first game a guy's throwing you a baseball or so you think turns out his head is one of those pitching machines but um yeah so the whole the whole thing's just really weird but, and Nintendo markets it as a free to play but as you know because you only played like 20 minutes and that was all I could do that's, uh, you know, calling it free to play is a little generous. In reality, it's like free to start. When you start up, you're introduced to Rusty, you get to know his backstory, you get to hear about his sad existence, and then you're introduced to his kid who um, walks you through all the mini games. And the first game that they give you is Bat and Switch, which is literally you press A at the right moment to swing the bat into the ball. I will say, after I bought it, some of the ones where it's like, do 100 in a row while like this thing happens, those get tricky. I was stuck on a lot of those for a while, and I was like, it was at the point where I'm like, I'm not even enjoying myself, I just need to prove I can do this. No. I did not prove it, I gave up. <laughs> I got to 92, yeah, and I'm like, I'm I mean, done. when I think free-to-play, I picture, um, I forgot the name of that shooter, not Team Fortress, but there's a... Well, Sub Wars, uh, Steel Diver Sub Wars does it. Oh, Team no. Fortress 2, as well. No, I know, no, no, I know, this, but there was another... Dota? No, it was a third-person shooter. Well, point is, that game, like... The whole mechanic, everything was free to play, but like the only thing you're really paying for is just like alternate skins and stuff like that. Yeah, see so, that Nintendo's trying with this effect. Nintendo, like, oh, you enjoy the game, just contribute to help with that a little. Like, yeah, to... but Nintendo's trying to like this for them isn't so much a free to play; it's like a free to download. And more to the point, they want you to buy the game. They're just selling it to you piecemeal. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Like honestly, I would have probably bought it if they had just told me, "Oh, here's a sixteen-dollar eShop game with a bunch of mini games." Like, I probably would have been easier for me to follow instead of like See, having it separated. Because then I don't know, yeah. it, it, it makes it feel more expensive, even if it isn't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but then on the flip side, the psychology of haggling it down is makes oh. you feel like you accomplished something. It See, really does. The, the other thing, like to me, like the haggling doesn't even feel like I'm haggling. It just feels like oh. 
it's either I'm lazy and I'll pay the full price or I I could just look up what the minimum price is and I'm not going to pay anything. Oh, the that. game tells you the minimum price. Oh, yeah. That's one nice thing. You don't actually have to look yeah, it up. It'll like, tell you when you buy it. But it starts like at $2 and it's like one Each something. game after that goes down by 10 cents more. So at the end, you're paying like a buck. Yeah, so it's not 20. even so it's not even like haggling. You just, you're just giving the... Uh, give them the donut. But, but the dial, the yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way, but in oh. the way I was looking at it, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is kind of like you do this and you do that. But I kind of viewed it when I was playing it, it kind of felt like a like a light diet version of, like, Phoenix Wright dialogue trees. Because in Phoenix Wright, it's like, yeah, if you know the dialogue tree correctly, you can just you just go through the motions. And obviously at the beginning of, of uh, Rusty's Real Deal, they're going to have you just go through the motions. It's going to be super obvious. But as you get further along, you have to start figuring out how you're actually going to... You know, you need to figure out which items are appropriate and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Granted, you're not penalized if you get it wrong, except you might decide to pay more and not know that's the bottom. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, like, it's really two games in one because you have the haggling and you it's have kind the of a baseball. Steep punishment that oh, you ended up paying more than yeah. You that's what makes it so weird. It really is a game about buying like, oh, you games. Mean I could have paid a whole dollar less on oh, Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo! But no, it's uh, I was gonna say that it is kind of like two games in one because you have the haggling thing, which is a lot like a dialogue tree from any adventure game or Phoenix Ray or whatever, or you know, like text based adventure. Like nine 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 that sort of yeah. thing they do them too, but uh, the mini games are what get you the things that let you haggle. So like as you play the mini games, you get um, items, or sorry, as you play mini games, you get stamps. And the more stamps you collect, the more items you unlock. You have like a scorecard for each game, and you fill it out. You know, it fills in the stamps, and every milestone you get a new item, be it nose hair clippers or donuts or any number of a things. Pompadour wig, pompadour wig, any number of things, and. Uh, the stamps are based on your performance in the minigames. So the better you are, the more stamps you get, the easier it is for you to haggle. They also occasionally give you discounts, like little certificates. You get 10% off, a dollar off, that sort of thing. But you have to know when to use those as well, which is something they don't show in the free version, is that you can say, sure, give me a dollar off, but you might not realize that you're already un- within a dollar unless you go online. But then you're just cheating like any other game in a way. But if you are at two bucks for like the third game, which you could probably get for like a buck sixty, and you're like, give me a dollar off, It'll drop you to a buck sixty, and then keep the rest of the money. So you have to kind of figure out when's the right time to use that, which requires just navigating the dialogue tree, which is a lot like Phoenix Wright, where sometimes you just have to go through the wrong answers to figure out the right answer. Yeah. So, so that's where it gets a little more interesting, I think. I mean, obviously, if you go online and cheat, that's it. But if you're willing to play the game, or play its game of how of trying to sell you something, if you're just willing to like go through it, yeah, and not cheat, I mean, then it's a little more interesting. I think it's only because like. That it is involved, weird cause it's I, I just, yeah, because it's real money. Yeah, because it involves real money. So I was like, I just wouldn't want to mess with that. I just want yeah. to make sure I'm not paying the... See, it's almost like gambling at that point, though. Because it's kind of like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. That's I mean, in my case, I didn't care because I had $65 in eShop credit. So I'm like, you know what? If I pay a buck more or whatever, oh, wow. I'm just going to play with it. Because I did all those Best Buy uh, deals where it's like a $50 gift card for $40 that they did a while ago. I had two of those. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was just like, you know what? I'll just play with it. If I lose a couple bucks, I already saved 10 bucks when I bought this gift card in the first place. So it's free money, whatever. So that, I think that's why I enjoy it because I just didn't care that I might not get the best deal. I did get the best deal, by the way. But uh, it, yeah, that's kind of that's what makes it interesting, to me at least. But um, And the haggling is totally optional. I mean, if you're lazy or if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you could pay the full price or you could go online and figure out the cheapest. If you want to feel good about yourself and support a family and it's trouble. Yeah, and that's the thing is as you, you know, you haggle for the new game but you don't just get the new game, you get like a new chapter in his life and it shows him like slowly recovering everything and getting, I, I mean, I haven't gone through all of it but presumably his family comes back together or he's able to feed his kids. You learn early on he can't cook. He sets his portion, his little shop on fire 
mm-hmm. in like the second chapter. It's just like, dude, you are a pathetic excuse of a dog. But I mean, the uh, other way you could look at it is if like, like sure you're getting lower prices for him. That obviously I'm gonna help him financially. But I mean, I guess I thought I think like at one point he said like, oh, I want these games to get out there so to get like word of mouth so the more kids could come and buy them and stuff like that. Yeah, there's also the weird thing that like you touched on already, but he, you are an antagonist. He's like, I really need the money. I, I, I please. Like, he's guilting you into and spending son, full price. And, and, yeah, the and then his son's saying, you're like, nah, he's just an old softy. Go ahead and rip him off. And then you're kind of like, okay, I'll rip they him mean, off. I know, but he, kids, like, squirms. He literally, like, he does animations where he's, like, flailing. Like, I don't know if I can go lower. It's like, and then know, he like, literally answers, like, go want, lower. They like, want you to feel guilty. <laughs> I know, yeah. And I, the kid straight up says, like, oh, I love, like, breaking my dad. Or, yeah, and I'm pretty sure this is where the obvious no tongue, This is where the obvious tongue-in-cheek part comes oh. in in terms of... You know, Nintendo wants you to go ahead and go cheaper. They're just putting little fake obstacles in your way. But it's just like, it's a very weird experience. I mean, it's different. It's unique. I've never played a free-to-play game like this, and I kind of like it. I don't know if I do it all the time, but it's different. Of course, the other half of the game we should probably talk about are the mini-games themselves. And they're mini-games. I mean, it's there's ten different games. We already touched on Bat and Switch, where you just hit A and do different bat. But there's different variations of the mini-game. Each has different controls. Um, we're not gonna run through all ten. It's kind of like it'd be like yeah, trying some to gyro, some yeah. Gyro. It'd be like going through like all the modes in Wii Sports Resort. Actually, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like Wii Sports Resort because you're doing different sports or activities. Describing how each each of the different characters playing Smash. Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Which we almost did earlier, but I will touch on a few that are kind of more interesting in Rusty. Like there's um, Gear Games, for example. It's actually um, two different ones. One of them, you have to bounce a ball on a bat. And the, and the game's like, okay, move your 3DS like that, move it like this, and it uses the gyro, and you have to do it in such a way that the ball doesn't fall off the bat while still, you know, if it's, like, like jolted upward, you have to do it without making the ball fall, that sort of thing. And there's another mini game in there where you're using the touchscreen to clean a glove. Yeah. Um, then there's Volleybat, which is an interesting one where you have two characters, one on each side of the screen, and you use the D-pad and the A button to send the ball back and forth between them. But, you know, all sorts of stuff happens and yeah. makes it more difficult. There's a cage match, which is another batting game like Bat and Switch, but it has you hitting certain conditions. Instead, of just hit the ball, good. It's like, hit that alien over there, or get it to the right over here, that sort of thing. So it's just like you kind of perfect your timing and that, kind that of type of the, thing. Um, some of the more slower challenges. Yeah, like, a lot of them are similar. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the ones that only require button presses. Because then you have stuff like Feel the Glove, which is like this weird thing where you're moving a glove on the screen... Uh, using the gyroscope of the 3DS, but then you're walking around the circle pad, and it's all in first person. Mm. So that's kind of like a little disorienting. But then you also have a second mode where it's third person, and you don't have like you have more. It's easier to move, so it's not quite as hard. Like you're still using the gyro, but it's not as bad. So you know, there's a bunch of mini games in all. Those are just kind of a sample. They use them in different ways, and the games are like the mini games are like okay, yeah, these are fun, but I feel like they're almost like the means to the goal of going back to Rusty. Like, it's a baseball game, but it's really not a baseball game. The baseball stuff gets you to the parts with Rusty where you're haggling and learning his life and hearing how he's, like, cutting himself at night. He doesn't say that, (laughs) but, you know. If a little kid that has, like, a 3DS with parental controls on gets this game, because, I mean, it's free to download, and the parent, like, downloads it for them, like, they're going to be, like, going to the parent, like, every 15 minutes, like, hey, um, I need to give the dog more money. Yeah. I mean, this mini game. Oh, my God. And then another guy, oh, yeah, this I need to buy this dog mini game. Like, yeah, he needs to feed his kid. Like, what, what are you playing? <laughs> this depressed dog's <laughs> wife left him because he was cheating with another let woman. I don't actually say that. Let me just give you a $20 gift card and leave me alone. <laughs> See, that's what Nintendo wants. But there, there is one final thing I want to mention about this, though. And this is this actually isn't my own thought. It's one from, uh, you know, Kyle Bossman, the guy on Game Shows that does the Final Bossman video series? He's just this guy. He's like a one-man yeah. video series. Uh, I don't watch him that often, but I decided to watch the one for this. 
And he made a really interesting point about Rusty's baseball. And that's that, uh, do you remember back at Nintendo's last financial briefing in January, Terry Wado was talking about new pricing schemes for games. Like, they, like they, could, they could see what you buy in the eShop and recommend games based on your frequency of purchase at cheaper prices. Like, they'll be like, hey, we saw you bought Mario and Zelda. Here's our newest release. You get 10% off. You know what game does that? Rusty. Rusty is a test bed of Nintendo's new pricing structure. Every time you buy a game, the next game is cheaper. So not only do you feel good about haggling down, this was Bosman's point, and it's spot on, you also feel good about having bought that other game. So it's like a domino effect. You keep getting cheaper and cheaper, and you keep wanting to buy more and more, because it's like, oh, it gets cheaper and cheaper. Like, I'll buy this game, because then when I want to get the next Smash Bros., I'll probably get $20 off at that point, or something like that. And you end up spending money you didn't have to. Exactly. It's like when Best Buy gives me a $5 gift card, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go spend 50 bucks. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I have, I have this free money. Yeah, I, yeah, I get the five books. Yeah. yeah, it's a psychological thing, but I, well, I was saying they're going to toy with this, and then here's Rusty's Baseball doing exactly that. And as Bosman pointed out, Nintendo, when you first blew up the game, it's like, can we track your gameplay data to improve our products? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if I track the gameplay data, they mean how much are you actually paying for the game? How long do you have to be ha- uh, haggling? Like, this is their test bed of that pricing model. Mm-hmm. They are making a game. This, is, this was Bosman's point as well. Making a game about buying games in which the game itself is testing how you buy games, but within the world of the game, to reflect how they will really sell you games in the real world outside the game, or something like that. Like, I, that made sense if you follow it. But, like, it's, it, that's all it is. It's a test bed. You start at two bucks, that's the minimum, and then by the end, you're paying a buck twenty. And you get all ten games. It could cost you forty bucks, or it could cost you sixteen, depending on how you choose to buy the games. And Nintendo's hoping you will buy all of them, and you will haggle down, and then they can use this data to see how to best sell you real games and the real eShop going forward. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, they already kind of did that with, um, yeah, like, like you said, with some of the Mario ones, like, I felt more compelled to buy um, those, um, the indie bundle games. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I already bought one, so I'm going to buy Tokitori yep. and John yep. Sisters. Or how about, like, Or uh, when I bought Super Mario World, just because I already had Super Mario Brothers 2, and I'm like, oh, like, it's only another book off, like. I had no reason to buy it, but I bought it because it was cheaper because I had bought in the other one. Right, or how about um, uh, the digital deluxe program oh. promotion? They give you money back on everything. They're yeah. just amplifying that with this in a couple of different ways. So yeah, that's I guess that's Rusty's real deal baseball. I mean, it's one of those things that like it's hard to really just be like, get it or don't, especially because we're conflicted. Like, you don't seem to like it, I seem to like it, which makes me think, instead of recommending it, like, yes, you should, download, you should 100% buy all the games, I think the easiest thing to say is, Download it, try it, and go, like go through the motions. I think it's definitely worth the download and like I mean, yeah, just for the experience because it's yeah. bizarre. I mean, you, I would say you get a good amount of play for like the demo. I mean, like there's a yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot five, to get to I think, different batting things you do in the demo. Yeah, and I mean, you. I mean, they're all the same batting, but five. I mean, things. you get an idea of where the game is going. So at that point, yeah. you really do know if you're gonna invest more money. And not only that, but it's just kind of worth seeing how Nintendo may price things in the future because that's what this is. It's a test bed, so. Mm-hmm. so yeah usually we give like a solid yes or no but this one's like so different that's really just i guess these are less it's like recommend maybe? it's not it's not yeah it's less of us recommending or not recommending and more of us just discussing hey here's how this weird new thing nintendo did actually turn yeah, out try out nintendo's experiment for yourself yeah that's easy considering way. it's free to start yeah free to start it's free to download yeah <laughs> it's free to turn on and then it's like that's it but yeah so that pretty much does it for this episode of the show um as always we will be back in two weeks with our next episode on May 4th with the latest game news and impressions. Maybe Mario Golf impressions. It comes out, like, right before we record, so I'm not sure if we'll have them this episode, this coming episode, or the one after. 
but stay tuned for that. As always, also keep an eye on the site at ramtown.com for any extras we might post, any, you know, uh, anything interesting we hear about on the interwebs involving Nintendo we sometimes write about, so keep an eye out for that. There may be some, we've come across some interesting stuff with Smash Bros. We're still debating if it's article-worthy, but one way or another you'll hear about it. We'll tell you about it somehow, so keep an eye out for that. Easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode or an article is you can follow us on Twitter at RandomNintendo. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And if you want to hear our individual thoughts, me and Jose, on any video game topic or any topic, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm JSR7. He is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. That's also his Meverse handle if you want to go in the Wii U Keeping world. it easy. Yeah, me, on the other hand, I make it a little more difficult. On Meverse, I am Jason R. So feel free to offend or follow me or him or both. And yeah, that pretty much does it. So we will be back in two weeks on May 4th with, you know, I have no idea, Nintendo stuff. We'll see you then.